The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Ramp Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am hanging on by a thread, but I'm in a great mood, and we are going to have a fantastic evening, or maybe it's your morning, uh, or maybe you're just getting off. I'm not sure, but we're going to make it a special one. We are excited to bring you another wonderful episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast, and as you know, if you listen to episode, uh, I guess it would be 32, or the bonus episode bonus. that we just yeah. bonus episode. Yeah, Thank right. you. That's right, though. Yep. Thank you, voice that I have not introduced yet. Uh, the bonus episode that we just recently dropped. We are doing this great collaboration with the Bard Tender Podcast, and so excited to bring you another member of their crew tonight. Um, he jumped in a little early. Frankly, I'm pissed because I like to introduce him, but he's got. He finally got his haircut. He looks beautiful today. He's in this. I don't know what you call that. It's like a gamer chair. He's got his mic all set up. He's, he looks very professional. This is the most podcast professional Michael has ever looked on the show. Here he is, Michael Windsor, your more preferred uh, host of this podcast. Yeah, unless your name's Chris, apparently. <laughs> it's all right. uh, Hey, how, how are you doing, buddy? It's good to I'm, see you. I'm good. And now that you dropped the line about the Chris's, should we explain or should we? Uh... I think we talked about it on Did one we? of them. But yeah, yeah. But apparently weird. I've got a hate Michael fan club starting. Yeah. There, and, so. and, you know, we've been really talking about putting out because there's a dividing line. People either hate Mike or hate me. Um, I think there's more people in one of those camps. But uh, <laughs> we were thinking about doing the fuck Michael fan club and the uh, what's the other one, Mike? Uh, the shut the fuck up, Steve. Yeah, and I think that yeah. might be a new T-shirt design. We'll talk about it uh, coming on down the line. All right, I'm going to jump in and steal the what's new this week. If anybody can see, obviously you nice people listening can't, but if any of our guests here can see. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I, have this, I, have this little, uh, I have this little blemish here on my lip that does look like I have herpes. I want to oh, assure everybody here, I do not. I have a terrible burn on my lip, and it's driving me crazy. I was at a concert this past weekend trying to just smoke a joint, trying to just enjoy myself and be a normal person, and my wonderful drunk lady, uh, who does nothing but put a smile on my face, was a little too aggressive in trying to procure the joint, and instead of plucking it from my lips, she smashed it right into my face (laughs) and burnt the living fuck out out of my lips. So for the better part of like three days now, Everybody's like, Jesus, man, are you having an outbreak? I'm like, no, I just have a girlfriend. You know, what are you supposed what? to fucking do? Who, who, are you, who are you seeing? What concert? Uh, well, I got her tickets uh, a long time ago to see Dirks Bentley for her birthday. I thought that would be a nice show. She's a big fan. Um, we were at Meriwether Post Pavilion. If you're from the Maryland area, if you've ever been to this area to see a show, one of the best outdoor venues anywhere around. It's a ton of fun. And they've done a lot of work uh, during the pandemic to – Really beautify the place. It's it's incredible. They got these like lofts now in the actual pavilion section. It's it's really cool. Um, it was a killer show. We had a ton of ton of fun. You know, uh, kind of dicked around and uh, danced in the mud for a little bit, and then went down and found our seats under the pavilion. And uh, Dirks put on a great show. So it was a long time coming. 
I think uh, the night ended with me blacked out laying on her living room floor and her blacked out laying in her bed while our uh, DoorDash Taco Bell sat at the front door for about four hours. Oh, you did that. You were were that guy. We had a good old time. But um, all right. Without further ado, Michael, let's jump right into the show. Because I know that you know that was less of a what's new and more just me generally uh, complaining about <laughs> about my state of being. So um, that's okay. Because Steve, I've been worried about you. You've been really stressed out ooh, lately. It's been a rough couple weeks, and it's people. Um, people get on get on the Instagram or the Facebook and, and send Steve some love. The poor God. guy's been just just stressing out. If he wasn't bald, his hair would be falling out all over again. Yeah. So, <laughs> honest <laughs> to God, if anybody wants to truly help, move to Baltimore and uh, and come work for me because I need employees. I'm in a I'm in a bad way right now, um, but. I digress. Uh, thank you guys so much uh, for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. You are the reason we are able to build uh, this awesome community um, and why Mike and I keep doing this, even though I'm busy, he's busy, life gets in the way, and we're stressed with other stuff. We love, love doing the show, mm-hmm. and you guys have um, really inspired us to keep this thing rolling. We're not going to keep the updates too long because we want to get you right into the episode. Again, we have a fantastic uh, collaboration episode with the Bartender uh, podcast. We have John Matier joining us. Really excited for him to share a little bit about his show, his bartending experience, and and put him through the gauntlet because uh, obviously Dale made it out with uh, without getting the screws put into him too bad. Um, but we just want uh, to thank you guys for all the support. If you really, really want to take your support to the next level, help us grow this community and this show, um, make sure you follow on social. But Really, listen at the end of the episode. We will give you all the information you possibly can to support us, um, you know, before we move on. But um, remember always, if you're struggling, if you're having any, uh, you know, just problems with substance abuse, this is something we take really seriously. We know how tough this business can be. So we always want to be a resource for you. You can reach out to Michael or I, or we have some professional resources that we will list at the end of the show. Please reach out. We want you guys to be happy, healthy, stick around and enjoy this and have fun with us. So, um, and Steve, I just want to jump in because that's a perfect segue because something kind of unique for the, the bartender rant podcast, both the host and the guests today are all on a little hiatus from drinking. That's right. Got to take a break. Next week is actually going to be my two months. Steve, I think you're going to John. pretty much since the concert I just described. Yep. So we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but it's perfect because the drink that we're doing today is the business casual, uh, which we're going to mix up, which is a non-alcoholic cocktail. Our, and then our we're also first gonna ever have, mocktail on the show. Really exciting. Yeah, and then we're also going to do some uh, non-alcoholic beers uh, from Athletic Brewing Company on the side with that. So I think Hell that's really yeah. perfect. Hell so yeah. Well, really well, we're going to wrap it up here. Let's get right into the show. We have John Mateer and the business casual coming up for you. All right, John. Very excited to have you on the show, my friend. How are you tonight? Hey, guys. Doing well. Glad to be here. Yeah, I was going to say, all right, everyone roll initiative. (laughs) Ooh, that would have been so good. (laughs) I should have given you more space, Michael. I'm sorry. I jumped right in there. Yeah, so how are you doing, sir? Thanks for joining us. This is really exciting. We've been working on this a lot, so it's kind of cool to finally see your face on the computer here. Yeah, I know, right? It feels like almost like a month in the making, I think, from start to finish, something like that. So glad no to be doubt. here. I have to give most of the credit to you and Michael. I've been a bit on the back burner, but I'm glad he has been so passionate about uh, getting you guys on the show and really excited. I've, I've listened to now your first episode. I'm, I'm starting to, I, I love the story. Just 
going with Dale through some of the background and then getting to listen to the first episode, I did feel like I had some spoilers, but I've really enjoyed the, the layout. I'm excited to kind of see where you guys continue to grow the story. So it's going to be fun. Heck yeah. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. And, uh, how I, I, you know, before we get into it, how are you feeling about this, uh, slalom course that we call the gauntlet we're about to put you through are you uh oh, i'm pumped you you ready to attack it head on they're nervous what are you thinking absolutely i'm so ready for this one i came prepared <laughs> i've got notes i heard you like notes on uh server pads so that's what i'm here for yes <laughs> yes <go. laughs> that that's the best way to become a friend of of the host of the show is to bring your notes if they're on ser- server pads it's bonus points it's that's just right tip on top so um well, I want to jump right into it, my friend. Obviously, we have a real unique cocktail uh, today. We have the business casual. Tell us a little bit about the cocktail, why you chose it, um, and and kind of maybe why uh, this is, uh, you know, you wanted to do a non-alcoholic drink, at least right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's good every once in a while to kind of take a break from drinking just in general as a bartender. You taste drinks every single day. You put things out. You have drinks after work with your friends, you know, coworkers, et cetera. And it's kind of nice to like just reset every once in a while. So I created this drink, Business Casual, when I was working out at uh, Death & Co. in Denver. And the whole like mindset behind it is every non-alcoholic cocktail you get, for the most part, is either some sort of syrup, some sort of juice. It's just a sugar bomb coming at you. And I wanted to create a non-alcoholic drink that actually felt like you were drinking an alcoholic cocktail. Whole premise behind it. Because... Sometimes you really do want to have a drink, but you're just taking a break or you can't for whatever reason, you know, whether it's health or, you know, personal choice, right? Uh, So I wanted to recreate that. So for this drink, uh, Business Casual, uh, Jafar just launched a new non-alcoholic Campari substitute, essentially, uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago. Uh, So that's what's going to do this um, and allow us to make this riff on a Boulevardier, right? Because that's what I wanted Take one of the most booziest cocktails, turn it into a non-alcoholic cocktail. So this is actually such a strange coincidence. The Boulevardier is my favorite cocktail of all time. It's a good drink. What's yeah. your bourbon of choice? Uh that's tough. Um, with the Boulevardier, I like something really, really like syrupy, classic American. Something like um, Widow Jane is good. Um, you know, something like Maker's is a little too thin for that. I like it to have a little richness to it, like that really molasses-y kind of thick syrupy bourbon, which you think of that like old-school saloon where they slam the bottle down <laughs> on the bar, that kind of thing. So I'll say Widow Jane for now. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, so with that Jafard, uh, we're also adding a little bit of black tea to this drink. Uh, the reason you add a little bit of tea is because you want to get some of those, like, tannic kind of notes that you would get from drinking bourbon anyways not a lot yeah. uh, just enough to kind of give you that feeling uh and then i have to think that it helps the color a bit too oh absolutely it helps the color because you know when you're drinking that drink it's kind of like almost a dark red you know uh whenever you're drinking it so you got to get in there um and then i created a red verjou syrup so for those of you that aren't familiar with red verjou it's a non-alcoholic wine right pressed the same way but there's no alcohol so kind of think of it like adult grape juice, right? But better. <laughs> the best version possible. Um, but I wanted to recreate vermouth, so adding in some, you know, botanicals like cinnamon, clove, you know, all those things right in there uh, to really get that flavor. Uh, and then adding a little bit of cane syrup to it, too, to really, like, thicken out that drink and make it feel yeah. like you're drinking booze. So really cool twist. Yeah, that's a definitely... Um... 
a complex way of breaking down the mouthfeel, some of the flavoring. I think the the cane sugars, that that kind of last little thing that's going to bring it all together, make it a little sticky between those different uh, ingredients. So yeah, yeah. I I feel bad because, uh, of course, this is one of the first times that I haven't been able to get the ingredients. I, I literally went to multiple liquor stores and asked for some of the stuff. Like, well, we've got grenadine. I'm like, ah, that's not going <laughs> to that's not gonna cut it. But I that promise. That is the I exact am... opposite of what we're trying to accomplish, sir. <laughs> I'm, I am going to try this one because it's like you said, John. Um, it's kind of nice. Like when I go out and, of course, now that I'm not drinking at the moment, um, People are like, hey, Michael, you want to come hang out before we go to the bar? Secretly, they just want me to be the designated driver is what it is. <laughs> but it's kind of nice to still go out and, you know, have a, have a cocktail or have, you know, a drink. And uh, it's like you said, you know, unless you're drinking a non-alcoholic beer or something, there's really not a lot of faux cocktails that I can even think of. So I think that this is really cool, and I'm kind of glad that we're getting to highlight this, and I promise I will give this a try. So, of course, check out the description, and all the uh, ingredients and preparation will be in the link. So Yeah. Heck yeah. And if you're a... Uh... If you're like me and you're a you're a bartender that works all night and doesn't like to make a drink when you get home, just batch it at once, put it in a pitcher, <laughs> dump it There's in the glass, <laughs> just right That's over great. ice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. Well, I was gonna say uh, now that you've walked us through a little bit of the ingredients, mix it up. But it looks like you already got it prepared. So um, while you're pouring those out. Why don't, I'm just going to give a little bit of a background on mocktails. I know we try to do like a cocktail history on the show every single week. This one was difficult. Um, I did a lot of research into the origins of like the word mocktail. And that kind of sent me down a weird rabbit hole because the actual word or like faux cocktail mocktail shows up in the early 1900s, kind of in like the roaring 20s era, post-World War One. And it's actually in Merriam-Webster's Dictionary by 1916. But no one can seem to find the origins of the first mocktail, like what it was that sparked that word. Um, some, some alcohol historians, and this is what I've kind of gathered, have pondered that the reason Merriam-Webster had that word in there, that it was popularized socially, is because the very first time in U.S. history that you had enormous amounts of women going out and drinking socially without men happened in that early part of the 1900s as all the men went off to war. And then right after that, you have this boom in the economy, the roaring 20s and the flapper girls and everybody going out. So what ends up happening is you have all these young women thrust into like social casual drinking for the first time. And a lot of them were maybe not seasoned drinkers in the cocktail scene. And that makes sense, right? Maybe they've had wine, beer, but not necessarily spirits to level of what we're thinking of at a bar. And so faux cocktails or mocktails that were either watered down and still had alcohol or had no alcohol at all became popularized kind of during that era to fit a new clientele. That is what some alcohol historians have, have like theorized why the word showed up. But most people just agree the first ever mocktail is the Shirley Temple which is, you know, comes a little bit farther after that. We actually did an episode not too far back uh, with Lex um, uh, about the Dirty Shirley's. That was her drink. And we talked a little bit about the origins of the Shirley Temple and, and, and that whole drink. But, um, that you know, that got popularized mid-30s, late 30s, and that seems to be where the true mocktail scene is born out of, is that original ginger ale and cherry juice kind of infusion that would graduate from just a regular soda so i don't know sounds pretty sexist to me 
Yeah, I mean, a little bit. A These little ladies bit. can't handle their liquor. <laughs> I, you know, I think I think it's uh, it, it makes sense to some degree. I can't imagine that's the only reason. I have to think well, that. I have to. And think even if it Mo- is, we we know that they weren't buying the drinks anyway, so it, it kind of balances it out anyway. There, there is another theory. There is another theory that prohibition thrust mocktails onto the scene. Where uh, that some, would make a lot yeah, more that's sense. Some bars. But th- but that doesn't necessarily make sense for the timing of when the word appeared in appeared. in the dictionary as okay. a socially accepted term. So, um, I mean, prohibition. You definitely had some bars that said, "I'm not skirting the rules and not selling alcohol." And maybe they just switched and said, "This is what we can sell. Here's a mocktail," you know. But um, I don't know. I I thought the first one, the first theory was a little more fascinating. So, um, it may be a little sexist for sure. Definitely misogynistic. <laughs> Uh, but definitely a sign sign of the times for sure. So, um, all right. I know that that was a half ass cocktail. I liked history, it. I thought you but did a I good didn't, job. I didn't quite have uh, quite have the the depth of information to to pull from like I have in in other episodes. So, um, we are now that we have our drinks assembled. Uh, John is taking you guys through the uh, different ingredients. And and John, do you want to give them the the, the parts? Uh, yeah, the actual ounces. Absolutely. So we're going to do an ounce and a quarter of that Jaffard non-alcoholic syrup, a uh, three-quarter ounce of black tea, uh, an ounce of that red verjus syrup that I mentioned, and then just a teaspoon of that cane syrup. Wonderful. All right. So if you're mixing that up at home, let's all raise a glass and give it a try. Yep. And what's the, what's the motto there, Steve? As we always say on the show, don't <laughs> just listen along. Drake along. That is right. All right, John, now we're going to start to put the screws in you. We oh, call this man. our LinkedIn. It's our service industry overview. It's kind of like LinkedIn, but it's way better. Um, we're going to ask you three main questions. How did you get into the business? What is the extent of your service industry experience? And then a little bit about um, where you are now. What the you know? What do you do in the bar business? Where are you? Heck yeah, absolutely. So uh, graduated college. Right. Uh, when I was in college, I was actually social chair for uh, my fraternity at the time. So I had a little bit of experience, you know, dabbling with alcohol uh, and making drinks, throwing parties, essentially. Um, took a year off in between uh, undergrad and grad school and got a job uh, at an Elks Lodge back in my hometown, back uh, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Uh, really? Uh huh. Yep. Uh, it was a really unique Elks Lodge, too, because not only did we just have a bar for members, etc., we also had a bowling alley down in the basement with eight lanes. So you would, as a bartender, not just be making drinks, you'd have to go and, like, put down everything on the lanes. You'd have to reset the pins because it's an old-school oh, bowling no. alley. It what? was awful. And then, like, if you ever had an issue with the machines, there was just this one, like, two-by-four plank of wood across the top that you had to walk on and, like... Poke this giant stick down to reset the pins. It oh was God! So bad. So, so just to be clear, <laughs> this is your first ever bar experience. First ever. Had no idea what I was doing. Lied to this get the insane. job, like any true bartender. Didn't know how to pour beers. Was taking pint glasses, put them in my ice well, you know, to make drinks. <laughs> no idea what not I'm to, doing. Not to mention the Elk Lodge and like, uh, like. Um, uh, what am I thinking of with the military lodges? What are they called? Uh, American like Legion. The, yeah, yeah. like the, the lodges and the legions. The thing about those places, it's always weird how you get paid. 
You know, there's always like a guy that's like, I got credit or here are my poker chips or, oh, Billy's got my tab tonight. You know, it's always a uh, little confusing we had those, how uh, you're going to get your we money. We had those ripoff tickets. I don't know, I guess I've never yeah, done that. exactly. <laughs> they pay you with like $100 winnings of that. And here you go. <laughs> Great night. <laughs> that's my tab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing about those places because they they fall under some very strange like um uh you know food and alcohol licenses because they're for veterans or they're a private club right so, oh yeah well it's super interesting, interesting too because it's back in Pennsylvania and those of you who aren't familiar with Pennsylvania liquor laws it's awful uh, one of the worst ever controlled states because you have to go to the liquor store to get the spirits and the wine and you have to go to the beer yeah. distributor to get it. So you would actually have to go and buy all the booze for your shift that day that like maybe the bartender that worked yesterday told you about. Maybe they didn't, and you just show up and you're out of stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's crazy, the state-run alcohol. I, I still can't believe that. Yeah. Uh, so I worked there for like a year, year and change uh, until I moved down to Florida uh, for grad school and uh, got a job uh, working in a bar called Whiskey House. Uh, worked there for three years. Uh, worked my way up from door guy all the way up to bar manager there. Uh, really awesome experience. That bar's no longer with us, unfortunately, but love mm-hmm. that spot. Awesome crew of people. Um, but after, you know, three years there, I was ready for a change, get away from, you know, doing craft cocktails, learn something new. Uh, so I jumped into a college bar that was opening up uh, right across the street from the Gator football stadium. Uh, oh, damn. This bar, You're in Gainesville. Shit. That's right. Uh, this Were bar, you going to grad school at UF? I was, yep. I was going to get my master's wow. uh, in Latin American studies and immigration law. So, cool little, that, cool little place. Uh, did not finish. <laughs> I like bartending <laughs> way more. Um, but we're across the street, essentially, from the football stadium. We were fitting 2,200 people in there on a game day. Uh, no, no doubt. 23 yeah. bartenders working at any given time with, like, two rooftop bars, two downstairs bars. Uh, and this is actually where I met Brandon. Uh, McDonald, one of the other guys on the Bartenders uh, podcast that we run. So this is where That's him cool. and I first got the chance to to hang out together, and we worked there together for another uh, two, three years. But we'll talk about that because that's where most of these really great stories are going to come in. You pack that many yeah, guests cool. into a building in a college town, you're going to get some good stuff. So Yeah. And did you see how excited Steve got when you talked about football? I did. So you, there you go, Steve. We got to sneak it in there for you. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it, fellas. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you what years you were down there, but don't answer that because we'll probably go down some rabbit hole where uh, we'll go all fanboy. But, I, will, um, I will tell you, it was the year after Tebow left. So... That he's probably the only Gator player I can actually name because I never really watched it while I was working. <laughs> yeah, there's some up and, up and down years there, but they were pretty good basketball at the time. I, I mean, I got it. Look, I, I worked in West Virginia when I was in college there, and there's nothing like game day drinking. I mean, the money that you turn over and the, and the bar turnover on a game day, you'll have 10 deep at your bar for four hours. I mean, it just does Longer. not stop. <laughs> so, yeah. I bet that's light compared to what some of the, some of the days you saw. But uh, it's crazy. that's crazy. So obviously you've graduated from that college bar. It uh, does sound like you're not there anymore, right? Uh, so I was there for a while. Um, I actually met my my wife, my partner, uh, working that bar as well. She was another bartender uh, there. Oh, that's and, killer. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and we decided that you know we're ready for something new. Uh, and we saw that uh, Death & Co. was opening a new spot out in Denver. And I was like, what's the worst thing that happens? Let's apply see what happens like all they can do is tell you no right cool so i apply immediately get rejected 
They're like, nah, <laughs> like, we're not hiring. We're not hiring anyone who isn't local. I'm like, all right, cool. So like any good bartender, you lie to get a job that you really want, right? So I had a friend who had an address that was living in Denver, gave me his address, submitted the exact same information, <laughs> uh, got the job. And they're like, hey, can you come in in two days for an interview? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. shit, I'm in Gainesville, Florida. Let's figure this out. So I book a flight, hop on a plane, <laughs> do the interview, uh, end up getting the job. <laughs> oh my god. This is the first time that somebody had to take a fucking flight to, to their job interview on yeah. the show. So. Now, now, now here's the question. We had, a, we had a, a gal on a couple episodes back um, who said that she had all the bar... She said that she was 21, had the bartending experience, and then when she went in for the interview came clean did you come clean in the interview <laughs> uh no i actually did not tell them until almost four months after working there <laughs> oh nice. that's killer nice. so you were just flying back and forth or no uh we <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a, so... that commute's a real bitch man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spent all my hey, can, I, can i get the early cut i gotta go catch a red eye <laughs> <laughs> um no uh my wife ended up getting a job there too so we got to work together as well so uh, cool. After the interview, because they were opening up, they did all the hiring like you know month and a half before actually doing training. So we had time to actually move and wow and uh, get settled out there in Denver. So yeah, that's killer, man. Cool spot. Uh, we're there all the way through the pandemic. Uh, really cool. They were really great to us. They kept us on as long as possible. Uh, but eventually, you know, Denver just got a little too expensive. You know, like living out there with everything going on. So. We decided to come back to Florida just to hang out with family for a little bit, take a vacation. Um, and I texted an old friend, and I was like, "Hey, I'm in town. You know, I want to go grab drinks." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's let's do it." So I go to grab lunch with him, and he goes, "Well, what are you doing right now?" I'm like, oh, "I'm not really doing anything." Uh, and he's like, "Well, you want to come work for me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, all right, sure. Like, you can move down here, and you know, I'll help you open up this new spot." Um, called Oddbirds here in St. Augustine. Um, he goes, well, can you work tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I got my bag. <laughs> I can grab my kit. He's like, all right, cool. Well, you start now. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so that's how I moved to St. Augustine, Florida, where I live currently. Wow. I, I, I wish this wasn't such like a common story like I'm, I'm laughing right now because it's ridiculous but it, it is all too common right it's like oh you want to start now like right now like, yeah, like right now sure you know can you, can you work in like um, three or, hours or thinking or thinking it's just gonna be a friendly lunch and then the next thing you know it's like come on man i need people so so, it's, so that it's that's good. where you're still currently working correct no um uh, so i worked no. for them for uh for a couple months um and this is actually where we met uh scott who's one of the other guys on the uh, podcast. Cool. So uh, Scott actually was my first hire there as the bar manager. I brought him in as a bar back. And so Scott started bar backing for us. And slowly, you know how it goes, hanging behind a bar, you start talking, nerding out, having a good time. Tells us about D&D. And, you know, we were all hanging out. We eventually play with him, Brandon and myself and Scott. Um, and, you know, the rest is kind of history. You know, <laughs> we can get into it too. Um, but... A really cool, uh, really cool little location. Uh, lived lived there in that bar for yeah six months, and then hopped over a spot called Ice Plant for another six months. Just a prohibition style bar, like cocktail bar yes. here in Saint Augustine. Yeah. Um, but neither of the two bars kind of felt like what I wanted. 
you know, really. Um, but during that time, too, I ended up getting an injury to my knee, which kind of, like, forced me out of bartending. You do this long enough, eventually your body starts to fall apart a little bit if you don't start taking care of yourself. So I uh, started looking for jobs and saw that they were hiring a beverage manager uh, at TPC Sawgrass, uh, which is the really pretty much like the flagship yeah. golf course here for the PGA Tour. And they brought me in, and that's where I'm working now. So That's cool. killer, man. Yeah, it's really cool. It's actually kind of weird. Uh, I haven't I haven't shared my new gig yet on on wax on the show, and I'm gonna refrain from doing so here. But uh, we uh, it's strange. We work in the same business, my friend. Yeah, it's nice. We I should, mean, this is my first should, adult job. We should powwow a little bit off uh, off air about that. But that's Absolutely. really cool. So if you're if you happen to be in the Florida area and you're gonna go wax some balls and get a decent drink, go look up our <laughs> our guy John at TPC. So. It is so, a beautiful facility. Heck yeah. So, so, so great. Like I said, I, I love the uh, the commuting. I love the devil may care attitude. It's great. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> that, you would, um, that you would get on a plane for an interview two days later. That's sometimes you get an opportunity you can't say no to. You're like, well, I got to do it. <laughs> you just got to go. That. I dig that. But yeah, so you kind of glossed over um, getting to play D&D with Scott and Brandon. Yep. And then that's where, that's of course, this is how we know you. So you guys started playing D&D, and you guys thought that maybe this could be something more than you guys just, you know, just a, a pastime for you. Absolutely. So we're playing uh, D&D with a couple other members of the staff. We're all hanging out one night, having drinks, um, and you start making jokes while you're playing. You have enough drinks, like whatever, and jokingly, someone's like, oh, what if we just call this thing Bartenders, and we all just, you know, do a podcast and, like, record it. And everyone else is like laughing, but I pull out my notepad and I start taking notes. <laughs> you know, every single joke, every single line that, you know, came out of it. I have like a full like 20 pages of just like, oh, these are terrible. <laughs> um, you should you should have seen our original notes. I, <laughs> um, I probably should. <laughs> um, uh, but um about a week later you know i looked back i found this notebook when i was doing like inventory and stuff and i was like you know this is actually kind of cool maybe we should run with this so i started doing all the research i started you know filing for you know like llc stuff and like getting the website up and running uh and spend like a solid seven months getting all the groundwork down and told the guys hey remember like that time like a couple months ago that you guys made this joke yeah it's real now let's go <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Because like, see what weird. I did. What I did was similar. I came up with the idea, and then I did none of the work after that. And I just convinced <laughs> Michael to get really excited about it. <laughs> well, we did. We did a different approach. We just started recording stuff, and we still don't have an LLC. We still don't have a website. Yeah. So we've been we've been promising we Patreon and bonus content and stuff to the listeners forever now, and it's all right. We're 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 getting there. I found like through the years working in bars, like. Unless someone actually like just does it, it's never gonna happen. We all have yeah, these amazing right. ideas, and then they just fall apart. <laughs> so, there's yeah. two things. There's two things that you should ever that that every human being needs to just make peace with. One, your roommates are not gonna do the dishes or take out the trash. Let it go, man. Just do it. Do it yourself, or get new roommates, or live on your own. But that's not gonna happen. Sooner or later, they're gonna frustrate you, and maybe it's not with trash or dishes. It's something else. The point is, they will frustrate you. The second thing is, inevitably, some motherfucker is not going to do the opening or closing side work. It's not happening. And you need to just make peace with it. Either 
you're not going to work the shifts before or after them. You move to another bar. If you have firing power, you get rid of them. But guess what? Sooner or later, you're going to bring in somebody else that's not going to do the shit just like them. It is an inevitable fact of apartment living and working in a bar. Make peace with it and just do it yourself. It's so true. Yeah. So, um, so what I want to hear before we get into the gauntlet here is I want to hear a little bit about your character in the in the game and also their signature cocktail. Heck yes. All right. So in our campaign, uh, we call it the tale and the telling, right, from the Bartenders podcast. Um, my character is Alistair Trenchscale. Uh, Alistair is essentially a Triton. For those of you that don't know what this is and aren't into D&D, think of it as like a merfolk without the tail. He's got legs. He can swim. Kind of just like that, right? Kind of got like seaweed for hair. Kind of fun, right? Doing some fantasy world stuff. Uh, he wears like those tacky puka shell necklaces and like Hawaiian oh, shirts. Yeah, that <laughs> like, cracked me up when you when you described your character. Up. <laughs> that was, that was good. Is he like Aquaman frat bro if he was a bartender? Is that that's kind of the vision that? Yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah, right. Well, I just and I don't mean to stop you, but I've noticed that in the show you guys take so much detail in describing your characters' outfits, and I love it. I love it. I think it's so hilarious. So mind, baby. Just, you got you didn't got mean to interrupt there. I'm, I'm sure at some point. John, we're going to press you down on what one of our favorite things on the show is. I need you to describe to me what these people look like. Absolutely. So, So, actually, critical. My my character has like what you call the quintessential bartender body. So he's got the the skinny cows, but he's got like kind of like a little bit of like the beer gut that you get from like not working out enough. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) It's perfect. Um, He also has this really cool uh, bar spoon that's kind of essentially it's like the trident bar spoons that have the forks on the end, so you can pick up cherries and onions whatever you want but he can essentially turn into a giant trident as a weapon and does this fantasy D fighting that way so and he's a trident it makes sense That's right he's a, he's a you know he's a god of the sea so yeah i dig it man yeah um, now, do, do the, does the hookah necklace have any special powers or abilities can't tell you Spoilers. Maybe you can like whip it <laughs> off and rat lasso it around and it's a hookah necklace of truth. I don't know. It's just, I'm spitballing here. Listen, you got to talk to Dale about that. <laughs> Maybe you'll have some ideas. All right. All right. All right. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, overstep my bounds before I've even walked into the tale in the telling. So um, I yeah. want to make sure I'm following all the rules of the bouncers. Uh, um, but my character's okay. signature drink. If you still want to hear that one, that's pretty cool. Absolutely, um, I do. So. We have a drink. It's called the uh, Kingdom Colada. All right. So kind of a riff on a pina colada meets a Miami Vice meets a mojito. So it's going to be essentially a Miami thrice. So it's three frozen cocktails in one. Nice. Yikes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's dangerous, but man, is that tasty. <laughs> <laughs> now, have, have you, you ever... made this? Have you made this in real life? Absolutely. I worked at a tiki bar in Denver, too. Uh so while I was working at uh, Death & Co, you can only work in like cocktail bars so many days of the week. You got to have another job to like let your hair down and actually have a good time, you know, like in between all of it. So yeah, I worked at the Tiki Bar and that's kind of where I <laughs> jumped into it. Mastered those uh, those beach cocktails. That's right. Yeah. And if you don't mind, we're going to put the uh, the ingredients to the Miami Thrice Um on, on the description as well because I, I love that I, I love how much uh, time and uh, consideration you guys have put into your to your characters and everything yeah. um, that's something I love about D&D and you can just tell you guys have thought thought about your characters a lot and I really enjoy that heck yeah, yeah. 
Now, you do see the irony in a guy from Indiana, Pennsylvania, who moves to Florida, does not start making beach cocktails at a tiki bar until he moves to Denver, <laughs> where, where there, there are, are no beaches. beaches. Yeah, shockingly <laughs> enough, that is, uh, that <laughs> I, is I my life. Be strangely <laughs> ironic, you know, but uh, um, anyway, that was awesome. And I can't wait to get into more of the bartender uh, portion of the show. But uh, without further ado, it's time, my friend. I hope you're ready. I hope you're prepared because Zero Hour is upon us. Um, we are going to put you through the gauntlet. Are you ready? I was born ready, Coach. Goddamn right. <laughs> All right. Pull out your tridents. Take another vigorous sip of your business casual because here is the gauntlet. Okay, John, we are here. It is time for the gauntlet. Question number one. Pet peeves and misconceptions. These are things that annoy you, that customers do, that coworkers do. Anything in the business that might be a misconception that a guest do not understand. Give us your the inside scoop on that. Heck yeah. I think I got one of each for you. I got a pet peeve and a misconception. Hell yeah. uh, pet peeves. Uh, the guest that doesn't ask the question that they really want to ask, right? <laughs> so what's the question behind the question? They come in and they go, what beers do you have on tap? I got 30 of them behind me. Stop asking me that question. What are you <laughs> actually asking? What I like to drink? Do I have the beer that you want to order? <laughs> you always drink at home. Do you want me to walk you through it, give you an experience, right? Same thing with like a food menu. What's good here? What are you actually asking me? Do you want me to read you the menu verbatim? Do you want me to tell you my favorite or what is the most popular item here? Yeah. And I think guests waste so much time, especially like in a busy bar, slowing the bartender down by doing their job, by just asking questions that just are so generic and broad that you could never give them an answer. <laughs> That's also the same just... person that when they order and their food uh, ticket time is a little bit high goes, we've been here for 45 minutes. And you look at them and I'm like, well, the first 15 was just you asking me stupid questions <laughs> that I, I, I don't even know what rabbit hole you want me to go down. So, Man, it happens. And like, there's just so many ways to avoid that. And I think that that's, you know, definitely my biggest pet peeve. Like, I want to help you. I'm here to create an experience. Don't, don't waste the time in between because we're going to have a what, good time you... if we can get to it. How do, how do you generally deal with it? Like, so for example, with the drink order, right? Um, what's your favorite beer? Do you usually just flip it right back on them? Because I've found that if I recommend what I like, almost nine times out of 10, it's, uh, it's not quite the flavor profile of what that person's searching for. So I'd rather try to figure out what you like and then work off of that. I mean, how do you deal with it? Well, my favorite beer is always the one I'm trying to get rid of so I can tap the next keg. Right. You sell that and you sell that down the line. Absolutely. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Just sell it right down the line. Unless it's, you know, unless it's like a slower day and I'm taking the time to like actually talk to the guest, I'm going to do the research. You know, like what do you normally like to drink? What are your favorite yeah. flavors? Are you looking to drink something local? Because I have a couple beers that are locally on tap. Are you looking to try something you've never had before? You know, you, you play the game, right? But it's just a matter of, you know, what you want to do. Well, just yeah. asking the right question and not just the vague, you know, question that could have us have several different answers. 
You can tell that, that you can tell that one was fresh. You can tell it was fresh for you. It seems like you've had to answer those questions many, many times. All the time. Or how about the uh, the guy that walks in on a Monday night and he's like, "Is it normally this slow?" You know. Well, what are you asking, man? Are you looking to go to a bar that has a bunch of women that you can be weird with, or are you like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Drives me crazy. Kind of on top of that with slowing down the server in a busy bar, right? If you're talking about a Friday or Saturday night. I actually was just talking about this pet peeve over the weekend with some uh, um, with some bar friends of mine that work in different corporate, you know, bar establishments, you know, places like, you know, your Cheesecake Factories or Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that. When I was at Buffalo Wild Wings in college, they used to give us scripts to greet the table, right? We had to say oh, this exact script verbatim because we had cut a marketing deal with some partner, right? And, uh, Wait, did you, like, like, did you have to, like, mention, like, Mountain Dew or something every no, year? No, so the worst it's – it's, you're laughing, but the worst one ever was with Coca-Cola. When, when Coke Zero came out, um, Buffalo Wild Wings was a huge partner with Coke. And so every single table, I had to say, hi, welcome to Buffalo Wild Wings. My name is Steven. I want you to let you know that we are proud to serve uh, Coke products at this establishment. Uh, Coke, gross. Coke has been around since 18 – I had to give the history on Coke. And no. then – I'm talking it was like at least like a good 90 seconds, thick 90 seconds. I would have to say Coke, obviously you know them for their classic Coca-Cola, but they've now come out with Coke Zero, Coke Zero Diet, Coke Zero with lemon. And we're proud to serve that at Buffalo Wild Wings. Can I get you started with an appetizer or a beer? Like I had to do all that. People hated my guts by the time I was done with it. And they would take away shifts. They would take away tables if you didn't do it. It was, it was yeah, that's what I was going to ask is what, what was the punishment if, if they caught you not doing it? They would that? legit – I've seen, I've seen them take people off the floor on a slow night and be like, yeah, you're not working tonight. Go ahead. Go home because you're not, you're not selling our corporate You're not partners. selling that Coke, motherfucker. Yeah, it's crazy. You're talking about slowing people down. But um, that was a little divergence. I, lo- I like your pet peeve. That's a good one. That's one where it's like why are you trying to be shy about what information you need? I'm here to help you. It's what Stop I'm making for. it harder for me to help you. It's literally my job to give you everything you want that I can give you. Like, I want you Arm to have you a good with information. <laughs> yeah. Arm you with information, right? Like, I'm not here to trick you. Like, I'm here to give you as much information as I can, but you're not making it well, unless yourself. Unless you're going to Buffalo Wild Wings, and then they're trying to get you to buy Coca-Cola, apparently. You, got, so. you better goddamn buy that, that Coca-Cola <laughs> Zero. Or you're not getting any ranch. You're getting none. <laughs> so, that was, so that was your pet peeve. What about your misconception? Uh, so... My misconception is most bartenders actually aren't social outside of their jobs. Have you ever been to a group of bartenders? It is the most awkward high school dance you've ever been to. None of us can talk. <laughs> We're fumbling over words. We fidget. It is so that's why you got. That's why you got to play D&D. You give something everybody, you know, everybody knows the rules and you just, you can focus on that. I yeah. think we crave, A, the structure sometimes. Even though bars are crazy, we crave, like, the I'm behind the bar, you're on the other side, and this is my world, and I'm running it, yeah. right? I love my I think three feet of space. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there's something to that, but I also think there's something to knowing that this guest interaction will end, right? Like, <laughs> you, I, I only have to ta- entertain you for so long, and then you're going to leave, and then I don't have to care about you anymore when you're out that door. So I think that that... Maybe that plays a factor, but that's in, that's an interesting one. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely a thing. Like, I do a lot of these like conferences and like bartender like getaways and stuff, and like we are so awkward until everyone's had 
a drink. And then mm. everyone, you know, like, kind of eases into that comfort zone and is like, okay, cool, we're just hanging out. We're a group of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I feel so awkward right now because this, this alcoholic brew is just not, or non-alcoholic brew is just not cutting it, man. <laughs> well, don't break your streak. Keep it going. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Be strong, Michael. All right, on to How, question well, number These two. still do have a little bit of alcohol in them, right? So, I mean, theoretically, you could still get drunk from a non-alcoholic beverage. Yeah, he's got to drink like a hundred of them. It's like drinking nail polish. All right, challenge accepted. All right, or, uh, Listerine. Right <laughs> I think that amount of carbonation might do something to your stomach before you get drunk, my friend. You might have to get your stomach pumped anyway, you know. But um, all right, question number two: best tips and worst tips. Um, you know, whether they're yours, coworkers, anything. Give us an idea on that. Uh, so I stopped looking at like my tips years ago, like. Working in a college bar, these kids, they throw you pocket lint, paper clips, and pennies that they found underneath their mattress. And, like, you can get really, really frustrated by, like, knowing that you're getting, like, nickeled and dimed literally all night. <laughs> so I just stopped, like, looking at it all together. I had a manager tell me that. And he's like, if you stop looking at it and actually just do your job as a bartender, you're going to have more fun. Your guests are going to have more fun. At the end of the day, you're going to end up making more money. Stop worrying about how much money you're actually making. I like that. Now, of course, it's hard in some situations to not worry about the money that you're making because yeah. you're not bartending for fun necessarily. I mean, it can be a fun job, but you're trying to make money. But that and it's actually really interesting to think of it because then you're going to be giving everybody the same service regardless of whether or not they're a notorious stiffer or not. Which overall, for your mental health during that shift, has got to be much better. Yeah. But does it get difficult when you're like checking the because you're closing the tabs out and stuff? So how do you not peek at those as you're? You know what I mean? Even if you don't want to see them, how do you not? see I mean, some every once in a while you glance, right? Like, there's no way yeah. you have a guest at your bar and they run up this huge tab. You're gonna peek, right? Like, because you want to know, like, yeah, did they give me twenty yeah, percent on that? You know, like you're gonna do it. <laughs> but as a whole, if you can avoid it. I feel like you can just have a better time when you're working. I think that's a, I think that's a really good, that that's a great suggestion. I like, I never, I've never thought of that. I've never heard of that. Cause I, every single table immediately checked to see yeah. what kind of person I was just really waiting on, regardless of how they seemed, you know, but yeah, I can imagine that that would have saved me a lot of uh, uh, heartache and grief. Uh, during it's a my mental shift. health tip is what it yeah. is. I mean, seriously, like you're, you're, you're playing like it's almost a zen method for bartenders right yeah. but it that's how you shade the negative ones how about i mean how about the positive ones i mean i will say uh the positive ones are great like you brag you show them to your friends like heck yeah you know like this was a good one uh i mean when we worked at the the college bar like you'd work an lsu you know gator football game and you walk out with five thousand dollars working three days so like wow. just cash right out the door you know like those are the ones you remember. Like those are the mm. good ones that keep you going. Where some alumni high rollers just trying to show off the all weekend long from LSU, that kind of thing. Absolutely, it's and always just, the alumni, yeah. just trying well, to relive yeah. the glory days. They come back, <laughs> yeah, fork <laughs> it over. No kidding, that's that's pretty funny. I, you know, that's good perspective. I think maybe we need to. Uh, you know, uh, one one of our guests, JT, made the comment about the show that every category is negative. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, in some ways, like this is a bitch moan, you know, cathartic experience. Get a, air your grievances. That's kind of what we joke about. We do love the business, and there are so many customers that I've loved and I've spent 
a lot of time with outside the bar. I've had genuine fun with inside the bar. So I think there are great positives. Uh, the questions do tend to lend themselves to some some uh, complaining. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed so to I, rant though, right? And some bartender yeah, rants. Exactly. Right? That's a yeah. rant, man. So I appreciate you adding adding a little bit of a you know a little bit of meditation and uh, you know a little bit more thoughtful to that question than what we usually do because that category is usually filled with fuck this guy let me tell you about this tip I got so um, that's good that's a nice change of pace uh, Mike you want to team up for number three yeah yeah so number three so and I can tell you're a mixologist from the business casual um, so worst drink orders and there's a few different ways to spin this this is a, it could be a drink that you hate to make uh, this could also be a drink that uh, whenever somebody orders it, you're silently passing judgment on them. Um, or it could even be the worst drink that a bartender's ever made for you. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't think that there's like, we, we bartend, right? There's no drink that's like the worst drink to make. Are there worst orders? Yeah, I don't want to make 10 Ramos gin fizzes when I'm four deep at the bar. Like, get out of mm-hmm. here, <laughs> you know? But I think that there are definitely cringe drinks, like for sure. I think the worst one I ever had to make uh, I got a ticket that came in, and it was a uh, martini, but with muddled blue cheese olives. Ooh, no. I love blue cheese stuff. Though. That was my first drink on this podcast, but God, you do not muddle that. Muddled with the dirty ice on the side. Oh, God. <laughs> so I've gotten the dirty ice on the side order, but... Yeah, I've got that too, but... Muddled what blue is, cheese what olives. What is the accomplished accomplishing in muddling is it like every sip has bits of cheese and <laughs> bits of cheese in it yeah. it's disgusting it was the worst drink i've ever had ordered in my life wow i didn't even now, want to it, taste it was it was it freshly squeezed or or no, freshly, freshly squeezed, squeezed olives yeah freshly freshly <laughs> stuffed olive olives or were, were they the ones that you get pre-stuffed in the brine uh they were the pre-stuffed like the oh filthy, that's even the worse filthy ones. Oh god I, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. The, the, the cheese is not the issue for me. Because, like, every now and then when you have, like, a good batch of blue cheese stuffed olives, some of the cheese kind of, like, floats out into the olive brine. And then when you pour some of the olive brine in to make it dirty, you have little, those little bits of cheese in there. I have no issue with that at all. My bigger issue is I want to I want to actually put the olive in my mouth and bite it. I don't want mm. bit of I don't want bits of like fleshy olive all, <laughs> all, all throughout my drink. That's the exact opposite texture yeah. I'm looking for. Order a martini and have you, a Greek salad on the side. <laughs> yeah, how do you or, even sip that? Like, or just turn it into a daiquiri and just blend the fucking thing. Oh, <laughs> gross! Dude, that's <laughs> even that's a whole nother ball. That's, that's horrible. That's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I think the worst part was though they ordered a second one they liked it so much and that I really oh no so that killed me I want a dirty gin martini but this time I want you to puree my blue cheese stuff <laughs> just pour it in there like a fucking sauce like a frappuccino <laughs> oh well oh, it actually God. so this this actually is so topical so a shout out again to Chandler and Herd Card Game that's kind of the reason that this whole collaboration is happening. But uh, if you're if you're not following uh, her on online, if you're not following her card game, check it out because uh, she's she's good at posting, unlike Steve and I. Uh, but she posted a uh, ticket that was an old fashioned, but that it was make into a strawberry daiquiri. So take an old fashioned and then somehow turn it into a strawberry daiquiri. 
So that which I think is just completely sacrilege. I don't Doesn't understand what the point is because I mean you're going to kill all the subtle flavors of the old fashioned. Just there's get a fucking. There's literally only one ingredient from the old fashioned that's even in the jackery. The sugar, and that's <laughs> yeah. not, not putting anything else of the drink on display. So, my God, I don't know. I mean, look, I I can see where some drinks are blend together. The new fashion, right, was become really popular, which is basil and uh, strawberry with bourbon or, or rye uh, as, as kind of a take on an old-fashioned. And you definitely see, like, other drinks kind of uh, melding together, like a daiquiri and a gimlet. How far away are they truly from each other? One not in an, yeah, not in an enormous amount, right? It's a step away. So something like that I could understand. I mean, even, John, even the drink you suggested at the beginning of the show, the business casual is modeled after the Boulevardier is born out of another drink. It's born out of the Gurney, right? So um, I, I can see to some degree where you like you order something and you want to tweak it a little bit. And I'm totally cool with that. But that is just that 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 step is too far. It's just way too far. So my God, man, I like also, John, how you labeled it, um, how you broke down worst drink, because when we wrote it, when the original intention was exactly what you said at the end, a cringy drink. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue to make anything right. Some of the bartenders have come on and said, if I'm busy, I'm not making some crazy part drink for 10 people. But I think what we really meant when we wrote it is that drink that's like, oh, yeah. well, but why? Why yeah, would you muddled, do that? muddled blue cheese olives in a martini. I, you, I, got a, <laughs> I got a close runner up <laughs> for this one. Uh, okay. So college bar, working it, get a ticket. Uh, I get a drink order for a Mexican tit. Okay. <laughs> you know what this is? No, I do not. It is, is this tequila. Be like a buttery nipple with tequila? tequila? Worse. It is tequila and milk. Heated in a microwave no. <laughs> for at least a minute. No. no. <laughs> no. Wouldn't it wouldn't it get all like a yep. oh, curdled? It's yeah, like a curdled. cement mixer oh with you know lime juice. See, that's oh like a God. shot you give to somebody on their twenty first birthday. That's exactly what it was. Asshole. Yeah. Scolding hot vodka, yeah. I mean I, I've I've definitely done the hot vodka. I've done some I've done some weird ones over the years just to just to be like we we talked about it on the show. We had a group of uh, lacrosse dads that came in and they were trying to top each other and how gross they could be. Yeah. And they ordered um pickle vodka mixed with rumple mints. And Ugh. they ordered like ten of them. They and they said they told me to try to make them throw up. And I was like, I mean I don't wanna do it, but I'm gonna I gotta see what happens, you know? So, <laughs> let's play this out. Um, damn, that was a that was a good one, dude. You are you are cutting this up right now. Uh, I would say that that customer made that customer made a great mistake. Dare I say an ultimate mistake in ordering a muddled blue cheese stuffed olives? And that's a great segue to our next category, number four: ultimate mistakes, fuck ups. Um, these are yours or your coworkers. Anything that you've really seen? Drop plates, trays. You know, forgot to ring in orders. You know, when you're ten deep or weeded. Yeah. So, uh, it's like a Friday or Saturday night. We're weeded at the bar. Uh, my well is next to another one of my coworkers' wells at this same college bar. You get a lot of stories from this place because it's just too good. Um, <laughs> Can you say the name? Can you? Sh- I don't know if yeah, you of course. shared it. Uh, it's called Midtown Social. Okay. Midtown Social. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, we're working. We're slinging drinks, taking care of it. Uh, she gets this group of 21-year-olds that are celebrating birthdays, right? 
Great. Having a good a time. A group of 21-year-olds celebrating birthdays. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, they all think it's their birthday. In Florida, I don't know if you guys know this, but they have these signs. It's like the 21st birthday. They wear these giant signs around their necks with like 21 like things to do on your 21st birthday. No, and, I've never heard of this. Oh, it's so tacky. It's not, you're not talking about like the birthday sash, right? Not a it's sash. It's not a sash. It's like an actual sign that they hang around their necks and they have like stupid things they have to do. Like get up on a bar and dance, do a do a oh, bar God. mat shot, like get a bartender like a scavenger number. Is, is get arrested somewhere on that list as well? It's usually yeah. what happens at the end. Yeah. I mean, you're, walk, you're walking around with that sign. I mean, you are just, you know, you're asking to be fucked with by somebody. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's a group of them. They're all celebrating because they had just got back from whatever break, fall break or spring break. So they're all celebrating together. And they're sitting here at the bar and she, my coworker comes up to me and she's like, hey, like this group is getting a little out of control. Like they're pretty drunk. Like we need to get them out of here. And I was like, yeah, I don't really feel like cutting anybody off tonight. I'm, like, I'm not feeling it. Why don't you just do the old like offer them one last shot for the road and pass the check across the bar? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Like, let's do it. So she passes this shot across the bar to this girl that's sitting right in front of her well. And it was absolutely the last shot this girl probably needed this evening. So she takes it, has her eyes get just like absolutely enormous, and she just spews across the bar into the ice well, into into the well, (laughs) all over this bartender's pants, all over the entire place and that was probably the biggest mistake i've seen <laughs> and it was and you're the one who suggested it so were you laughing or, or I was what was dying. your reaction to this you have to laugh you, you, it's either laugh cry or quit i mean it's, that's, that's i was laughing and the barbacks were crying <laughs> what time was oh. it i i gotta oh, know it had to be like 11 30 middle of the rush oh, you gotta, the like, you're fully no. packed at capacity it's like the worst time oh. always I just now in that it scenario, blows my mind that you would you would look up. I mean, hell, was she making eye contact with the bartender when she puked? It's like you can't look down at your feet or any other direction. Nope, Mike, over the bar, into the ice well, Mike, onto Mike, the bartender. Mike, you don't throw up on your shoes. It's your twenty first birthday. You just bought the nice shoes. You know what I'm talking about? You can't throw. Up she didn't on have a shoes. purse to throw up in either. So yeah, so just right across. <laughs> so let me uh, another follow up question uh, here. You know, when you break, we've talked about a great way to kind of handle breaking glass into an ice bin. You know, you grab the grenadine, pour it all over, at least mark it so that no one goes in there. This is not necessarily a situation where you need to mark it. Pretty obvious that you're not. She marked it. Exactly. Like, there's no no additional need. But did some small part of you think, all right, get the grenadine and just pour it over Poured over the yak. Yeah, but you know? the grenadine probably has puke all over it too. I mean, that's a. I would imagine that was a pain to clean up in the middle of a rush. Oh, it was. Awful. I mean, I'd rather you break a glass in there, you know, than have to deal with that. Hundred percent, because you have to sterilize it. Like you can't have. Yeah. Like, oh, and, <laughs> and the, and the bottles and everything. everything. Yeah. That's a brutal one. How much vomit are we talking about? Like on a scale of one to fire hydrant, like how 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 much spew are we? She's throwing. You know. She's we, like on a carousel. Like it's like it's... Jesus. <laughs> It was you bad. Said one, one to exorcist, the exorcist. <laughs> yeah, a better, a better. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, but I mean, at I least could... they. I'm assuming they at least left after that, right? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, they were escorted out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, thank you so, for your donation. It's time for you to leave. <laughs> Happy fucking last, birthday. Last, last little follow up question before we move on from this category. Whose mistake was that? 
I'm gonna. Like, I mean, it's probably my fault because I encouraged it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know if we really pinned down who's at fault per se, which is not the the true theme of the question. But uh, <laughs> no, that's interesting. I mean, honest to God, let's you know because your coworker's not here to defend herself. Let's say for agreeing with you to give the girl one more shot, it's her fault. She's culpable <laughs> in the end here, and we'll and we'll just move on. And again, what a wonderful segue to question number five. Health code violations. <laughs> so tell us about some of the crazy health code violations you've seen. I have a feeling the college bar is going to come to play again here. Because no, it's we've all not. seen bathrooms in a college bar. But um, I can't. I we're pro- Take we're, us away. We're protecting the innocent. It's absolutely not that bar. And That's the right. guilty. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> protecting the innocent and the guilty. Doing our, doing our job for us, Michael. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know if you guys know this about Florida and health codes, but it is very, very loose in the state of Florida. Like, as strict as New York is, Florida is the opposite. Just completely. I mean, I've scooped into ice wells that have, like, half a gecko, like, in there. And it's like, oh my God. where'd the other half go? Mm, probably went into somebody's drink throughout the night. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, it's a hell of a garden. <laughs> but the worst I ever saw, we had a, we had these margaritas on tap at this one bar, keg kicks, and we go to the bar backs like, hey, can you just rebatch the margaritas for us so we can just put it on? They're like, yeah, yeah, sure, we got this. Like 20, 30, 40 minutes go by. Like, where are the bar backs? Why don't I have this margarita to serve the guests? So we start looking for them. We find them in the mop, like closet where you have like the giant bin where you put the mops and all the dirty like mop water cleaning up all the stuff in the bathrooms and everything they have they are batching these margaritas in that mop sink no God. are they doing it in the mop bucket too i mean just it had to yeah it might it as so well bad. right yeah it was so gross <laughs> and then we served it so it was great oh, man. So it, these were batched margaritas too. This wasn't like you're just making somebody a margarita. Yeah. What compelled them to use that area? Like I obviously, you know, I've had to make large quantity drinks before mm. for like big, like what you're saying, big parties or to put on draft. And inevitably, you never have like a sink that's like deep enough or a bucket that's big enough or something. So I can understand that their brain was like, I know where a sink is. That's exactly what happened for this, right? <laughs> that's what happened, right? Yep. Fresh like 20, 21 year olds, you know, just. Helping out using logic. <laughs> I don't want to make a mess. A Let's do it where we clean the mops. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. <laughs> Honest to God, um, did, am I am I stupid to say this, or are they like operating on an enlightened plane? Are they, you know, maybe they're they're just so far beyond, you know, <laughs> they they're like. Uh, Beautiful minding this shit to do it in there. Why not? You know, we can clean it up if we make any mistakes. It's Florida. <laughs> it's <cares>. Florida. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you, I mean, they're like, yeah, I mean, Steve served a gecko head to somebody last week. I'm sure we can make margaritas in the mop buckets. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Anything goes. You're good. That's a pretty good one. Any, any others before we move on? I just, I, I feel like with your wealth of experience and, and the fact that you've been to, in a couple different like bar areas now, I, I'm I'm really itching to find out if the Elks Club is going to come rear its head again in this story. So I'm wondering if there were any questionable tales from from things you saw there, just because they always have again the legions and 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 the lodges always have very loose standards. No, I don't think there was there wasn't anything like 
health codes and stuff like that went on there there was a lot of like amateur like rookie league shit like went on in those bars like i didn't know how to tap a keg so i just let the entire keg flow out and i covered the floor in the walk-in <laughs> like nice. you know stupid things like that <laughs> learning experience learning experience See, that's why the that's why the barbacks did it in the mop closet <laughs> yeah, they didn't right. know what they were getting into they were like you know if we do it in here at least you know we can clean up our mess it won't be too big of a problem yeah. Did you did you like those barbacks? Were they good barbacks? I love them. Just I would I would work with them any day again. Like if they ever want a job, yeah. you're hired. Like get in here. <laughs> a, a moment a moment of stupidity does not define a good barback. I would never never think that my barback needs to like you know get a perfect score on the SATs or anything close to that. To me, I need I need a guy that's gonna blindly run through a wall when I just when I say jump, he's gonna not just jump that high he's gonna climb on the top of the building he's gonna jump the hell off i need that kind of crazy yeah right. um i think kesha said it best right everybody has those days do. everybody makes mistakes <laughs> damn straight damn straight they just don't make them like they used to when it comes to barbacks that's why i i always i try to pin people down on that one these I are the old school nostalgic barbacks. these are the good ones the good old days but, um, oh, I was all right. That's a killer one. That's a wonderful way to take us into our halftime. We're gonna take a little break. We're all gonna take a, a quick trip to the little boys' room and get ourselves uh, reacquainted where with where we make our margaritas. Um, we'll be right back. <laughs> Gross. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC PowerBox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, the CIC PowerBox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest-working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC PowerBox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerBox.com to view our product line. CIC PowerBox. Wherever you go, go with power. All right, we are back. What a halftime it was. It was short-lived, but man, I feel rested, relaxed, rejuvenated. Uh, reincarnated. I don't know if I can think of any R words, but I am ready to go. Let's Did hop you get right back into this. in there. What was that? Reinvigorated. So, Very nice. There you go. And actually, I wanted to ask you, John. Um, so you were talking before the break about, uh, you know, Florida and how Florida is kind of, kind of set apart, you know, when it comes to the United States. Um, are you familiar with the, the Google thing where you Google your birthday and then put Florida man or Florida Absolutely. woman after how it? How could you not be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I just got to ask. See, I just looked mine up. So Florida man, this so December 3rd, Florida man, for top result, Florida man arrested after offering undercover cop a hamburger in exchange for sex act. So, <laughs> and I think mine, I haven't looked at it in a while. I think it's like naked man robs a gas station, <laughs> like something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's actually. So we do have international listeners. So if you're if you're not familiar with this, Google your birthday and then just put Florida man or Florida woman and see what your Florida spirit animal is. I'm doing this for the first time right now. Would you like to hear my headline? Yeah, I would absolutely love to, yeah. Okay. Florida man flashes buttocks at IHOP after impersonating a police officer to get free food. I think I know that See, guy. that's perfect. You talk about your ass all the time on this podcast. So that yeah. it just... Kindred spirits hit this man. Absolutely. I'm very proud of him. Uh, 
Apparently, when he got booked in jail, he told the police he was uh, incoherent, but was able to tell the police officers, "I thought I saw an alligator catching a fish, but it was just two turtles humping." <laughs> I don't know why okay. they felt compelled to put that in the article, but all right, I digress. We're gonna go down another rabbit hole here, or Florida <laughs> hole, which is a much a Florida hole <laughs> hole than you want to go down uh, today. Um. Before we get back into the gauntlet, this is a very just important and, you know, professional question I'm going to ask you here. Rancher Blue Cheese, John. Rancher Blue Cheese. Answer it now. Blue Cheese all day. Fantastic. Muddled. Heavy on the muddling. I do like it muddled. (laughs) Only muddled. (laughs) I really want to taste it that way, you know. (laughs) Now, how do you feel about ranch as a blue cheese eater? I'm fine with ranch, but it's got to be the good restaurant ranch. Right, it can't be like off the off the shelf at the grocery store. Mm. It's got to be the good stuff. Okay. Yeah, as as Emily said, you got to get that immersion blender in there. That's right. Yeah, no big doubt. difference. See, again, people, this is yet another blue cheese lover that has no quorums with ranch. Quorum. That is not judging ranch eaters. That has no issue eating it himself. Okay. I just ranch can't wait for you the- to ask Scott this question. Yes, oh my god. I am on the edge oh of my, my seat. Oh my god, don't say one. that. I know. Well, now I already know what's going to happen. We're going to fight. We're going to have a fight. That's how it's going to I just don't understand the elitism. I don't understand it. But um anyway, moving on cuz I don't want to get upset now. I'm going to save that for Scott. I'm going to save my rage for Scott. I was rejuvenated, but now I'm rage filled right now. Um question number 6. Ratchet and crazy customers or people that display the behavior of Scott um, or it could be memorable customers. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody, Mike, explain that kind of how this category yeah, well, is morphed. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a negative story. That there's a lot of those customers that come in that you're never going to forget that you had really good interactions with, or maybe you built a really great relationship with over the course of your serving. Uh, you want the the feel good one or the crazy one first? Crazy. <laughs> Give me the crazy one. <laughs> crazy first. All right. Cool. Yes, absolutely. Um, so working at this bar. And there's this lady sitting there and she's had like two or three drinks, like just drinking beer, you know, whatever. And my coworker comes in and he goes, is that who I think it is? I have no idea. Never seen her before in my life. He's like, you have to cut her off now and get her out of here. She's notorious for not paying her tabs. She just did it down the street for me, you know, like the other day when I was at my other job. I was like, all right, that's fine. And I was like, but like, I got a couple of like tables I take care of. Why don't you just do it since you know her and like you can Mm -hmm. just confront her right away. And he's like, yeah, sure, let me go over and do it. So he confronts her, and I don't know what was said, but she takes off running away from him without paying the tab. So he starts chasing her through the restaurant. She stops, picks up her dress, and shits on his shoes. No! Dead serious. Dead serious. Okay, is, is like this okay? I know you probably don't want to give the the name of the restaurant, but is this in Florida? Absolutely, it's in Florida. <laughs> Florida woman picks up dress and shits on shoes while trying to run for bartender, and he's yeah. just standing there <laughs> on his feet. And the best part is, we have it on video. Oh okay, my god! Okay, hold on. We got to break this down mechanically. <laughs> let's let's slow down because we're moving way too fast. We're moving way too fast here. All right, he confronts her. Whatever exchange happens, she takes off running. He follows her. Is he behind the bar when she takes off running? So the bar itself is kind of like a giant 
rectangle, right? But with like a line cut through the middle of it so you can transfer from one side of the bar to the other side if you need to walk through, right? So she's on one side. She starts taking off running towards the door. He comes out along the other side and starts chasing her. They meet kind of at like a, the corner of one of the bars. Okay. And then she takes a couple more steps and just lifts her dress and gets right on it. Right. So this is the other point that we really need to hammer down here. Does she stop? Is it like she's running and she stops and then the dress comes up and there's shitting? Or is it like as I'm moving, the dress <laughs> comes up, poop starts flowing out behind me, and she's like almost like chemtrailing poop behind her onto her like almost like dropping a banana in mario kart is she dropping the banana in mario kart or is she like is she stationary and then letting it uh, go stationary full stop full stop okay. and is she standing or did she squat down or just kind of like hunched over like a little bit like a sorority girl in a photo like <laughs> hunched over like enough <laughs> you know one day posing and taking shits <laughs> she's probably a standing wiper she's probably a standing wiper too just to, to i i would wiper. i would put money on that she probably doesn't wipe at all yeah no, she's willing to true. just shit I, on I a man in so, a restaurant so the best part of the story is this is the exact same thing she did at the other bar earlier oh in the week God. where he was working to him well, see, now, I feel like that that's Just what I would have restaurant. warned you about. I wouldn't have cared so much about, hey, she might not tip you. I would have been like, hey, she might shit all over you. Yeah. So just watch. Just stand. Don't get behind her. Whatever you do. <laughs> oh, um, can, you, so can you please describe what this woman looks like for us, please? Uh, so she's probably like 60, 62. Uh, okay. Kind of like skinny, pretty, pretty frail, wearing a like little yellow dress. Uh, I don't. I don't think she even had shoes on. She might have. I can't remember. What might her name be? I couldn't even tell you. It, that was like six, six, seven years ago. She like a Cindy. <laughs> Penelope. She like a Cindy or like a. You know, I, I'm trying to think of another name that's very honestly Florida Steve. She'll probably let you call her whatever you want. It's all like a Mary, all like a Mary Lou or something like that. Um, no, I, I now have a different question. Let's talk about your friend, who obviously, as Michael just pointed out, didn't lead with the important piece of information, which is this lady comes to the bar, and she shits on the bartender's shoes. Like, that's something that you need to, like, totally bury the lead there. It does also sound like he had some experience, so why does he chase her? Doesn't he know she's going to try to shit on her? He knows her finishing move, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he would need to flank around her, if anything, so, you know, correct. trying to that's intercept like, her. That's like playing... Uh, you know King Bowser and and being surprised when he jumps right. on your head. That's if crazy. it's me, I paid the twelve dollars for whatever she was drinking. <laughs> exactly, yeah, <laughs> not worth it. They're on me today. <laughs> like, this is great. What's it worth? What's it worth to have your shoes not shit on? That's yeah, the real cheaper, cost cheaper than a new pair of serving shoes. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm just glad easy. he did it. And, and then here's the other question. So she stops, right? She stops, and he's obviously now to her, and she starts shitting. But unless she just like uncorked her butt and the poop came right out what i don't understand is how does he not move it's almost like he ran up and placed his feet there for her to shit on just that's the other confusion catatonic now. shock because <laughs> how often does that happen okay like a cow <laughs> looking at a train like it was just couldn't believe what he was seeing what was actually happening he he, he went into a fugue state is what we're saying here absolutely <laughs> The, now, do you know, I know we're asking a lot of questions about this in particular, but do you know, was she like, I'm trying to picture in my mind, like, was she 
did she have like a frightened look on her face and like this was her flight or fight or flight reaction or was she like defiant and bracing like was she turning around like looking him dead into his soul and pooping on him like well, she wasn't I'm answer looking this for at John. Him. It, it, it was number two it was <laughs> yeah it was very very defiant i am not paying my tab i'm getting out of here I was going to say, there, you might be able to Google the right birthday and, and get that Florida woman story, but since you didn't say anything about you know the police, since we're doing this on uh, Ratchet and Crazy Customers, I guess she probably got away with it then. Yeah, she got away with it. We let her go. Really? Yeah, we just really? let her go. At that, at that point, you just don't even, yeah, just get her out of there. I, I clap for her on her way out the door. I say, you know what? Gross. I'm not even upset. I'm not even upset. I'm just, uh, frankly, I'm impressed. <laughs> Can't even believe it. Okay. Shit. Well, that was interesting. Well, now so wanna, what a, now, after that, I, wanna, I really, wa- really want to hear the heartwarming. Heart yeah, let's hear the heartwarming story. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so this one actually is from the Elks Lodge. Um, probably like my first or second shift, like I was working there. And I was, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, head down the entire time, you know bartending like slinging things out and one of these regulars mr sokol like i'll never forget he just like reaches out across the bar which i normally hate but like it was a feel-good moment right and he goes stop what you're doing pick your head up smile and just tell a joke we're all gonna get drunk eventually we don't care how fast we get them we're here to have a good time help us have that time and i'll just i'll never forget that first bartending job first second day into the shift is memorable for me and what what great advice for a new bartender too yeah so like and he was a great guy i always took care of him because i mean i probably wouldn't be doing this if he hadn't given me that right from the rip well wow. i was gonna say how many people start in this business and they get turned off because they have some rough days or they work at a bar where they don't get support or nobody's a friend to them so you think you you really think that if you didn't have that piece of encouragement that you'd have a very different uh um bar career to talk about i don't know i think looking back on it now it's more like that piece of nostalgia like i you know like i think that that's that's definitely one of those like top moments you're like man that felt good like looking back on it nice well and i i love that because you know we talked about you know best tips worst tips but that was probably one of the best tips you ever got yeah. you know mm-hmm. that's like, something that stuck with you it's not a number on a piece of paper but yeah exactly so that's really cool do you uh, did you get to know him more, uh, you know, in a deeper way? Did you guys kind of uh, uh, him and his wife uh, came in? That? Him and his wife came in all the time. They were regulars, you know. They sat at the bar, you know, always, you know, shoot the shit. He actually was one that encouraged me to eventually go to grad school and move to Florida too, That's where awesome. I decided to make bartending my career and not do grad school. But you know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's all part of the journey, you know. Either way, it's, 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 indirectly, it's a great highlight too for for listeners too. Um, you know, you can. It's such a simple little thing, just some, something so simple that you do for, you know, someone who's serving you can have such a tremendous impact. Even if you can't leave the nice big tips, even if you wanted to, just being a decent human being to somebody goes a really, really long way. Nope. Yeah, it's tough. And that's, uh, you know, a lot of the times on the show, we're talking to um, the people that come into bars and restaurants and already behave badly. Um, but the interesting thing here is like, this guy sounds like a regular, especially with it being an Elks club. Sometimes regulars can be the most difficult customers to deal with when you're new because they have an expectation of how things are every time they come in, how you're supposed to do it and what service they quote unquote deserve. 
as a regular there. So um, I kind of think that this is a good, you know, uh, wake. I don't want to say wake up call, but just kind of announcement to anybody out there that listens to the show that's a regular to bar. You know, maybe every now and then have some perspective on these new people that come in because just that little moment of patience, you know, can go a long way. And it sounds like you guys built a beautiful relationship where he didn't wait for drinks and you knew his order and you built a rapport with him and his wife. And so that little moment of patience made it his experience even better there yeah. over time. So mm-hmm. truth. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I like that. That brought that brought me back from uh my jaw hitting the floor <laughs> because there was a cereal. Sh- if you can believe this, John, this is a not cereal first- shitter. <laughs> yeah, this is not the first time. Well, a so you have to do it three times. Made she only did it twice. So, yeah. this, this is like the third cereal shitter that we've come across. I, I didn't know that this this was something that people did, but apparently. All right, number seven: fights, arrests, and fires. One of my favorite categories. I'm a bit of a pyro. I love to see. I look. Don't get me wrong. I don't want the restaurant to catch on fire, but that's when you see what people are made out of. Not all. Not all of the restaurants. That's when you test their metal. You know what I mean? I got some good ones for you. <laughs> so, uh, I'm. This is probably where Brandon's going to tell a lot of the same or could tell similar stories. So I'm going to mm-hmm. leave him the uh, the big old bar brawls and the the fights. I'm going to tell the okay. fun. I'm going to tell and the fun. You go ones. for it. Yeah. And at the same time, we we. We're not opposed to getting the different perspectives on that it too. Has we've been had fun. That yeah, has we've been had fun different bartenders come and be like, "That's not exactly how it happened," you know. So, <laughs> so you, classic you, bartender fashion, right? You got to spin your own <laughs> exactly. yarn. It's like it's like Steve loves to say, "This is your rodeo. We're just the clowns in it." So, uh, so you no, I'm gonna tell it. you some fun stories here. This is good. So, I'm working with um, my wife. Well, she was my uh, girlfriend at the time, but we're working together, and we're we're slinging drinks and. Her back's turned to the guest at the bar. She's putting stuff into the POS. But she turns, like, out of instinct. She goes, did that guy just take my bar mat? I turn around, the bar mat's gone. Just gone. And she's like, I'm going to get my bar mat back. I need that. I'm like, okay, cool. So she follows this guy next door to the bar where he has gone to. He left with it. Left with it. He is in the bar bragging about this stolen bar mat to his friends. She grabs it out of his hand and just slaps him with it and walks no! out. No, <laughs> that is that's fucking ballsy. Because she even though, I get it, she's at a different bar, but she is still at work, and she just slapped a previous customer in the face. Did you get down on one knee right then and there? That's the moment. That's the moment I knew. Oh my yeah. god, she's the one. Of course it was. Of course it was. That's bad fucking ass. She's my hero. That is killer, man. So many people would have gone into a tirade there, but really the only option is if, you know, I, I've slapped, uh, people with bar mats on like bets and dares and stuff for fun, like to kill time behind the bar. Um, and those things, they hurt. Those things hurt. Yeah, they got some they meat were, to them. It's like yeah, a flesh they, water, they, you know, they, like you they, get in they there. Yeah. They'll, they'll fuck you up. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, uh, frat, frat paddle, you know, almost. To smack somebody with. So, you're gonna bring him back. You're gonna bring him back to some dark times. So how did that those, fall out? Those pledge days. She just walked right back in the bar, put it right in place, and went back to doing the job. Yeah. I mean, what is he gonna do, right? He's gonna yeah. come back over and call the cops. That would be even funnier. That would be funny, because <laughs> then he stole something. So it'd be a really great interaction. Oh my god, that killer. That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. Bravo to her. Nope. Uh, I got another good Florida man story for you though. 
Please keep them coming. <laughs> so uh, we're bartending, and then the bar next door is kind of like around the corner, right? And they have like this huge alleyway. It's like a gravel alleyway, and there's a two-story like metal staircase that goes up to like the rooftop where they have a bar up there. Uh, one of the guests goes down the first flight of stairs, completely removes his clothing, jumps from this first floor landing down into the gravel pit and starts streaking. Just streaking through the entire block, just all the way around. And the alert goes out, hey, there's a guy streaking, like, let's stop him, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, let's stop him. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my uh, assistant manager at the time is like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this guy. So he goes out and he posts up in the alley. And this kid is booking it down the street, just naked running. And our manager just full on, like full sprint, like football tackles him to the ground. And then just sits on his chest until the cops arrive. Damn. (laughs) Damn. You know, you don't really want to ever get road rash on your scrotum. But That's you're what I'm thinking. Getting it. tackled in an alley while go you're out, naked. Go out streaking, baby. I got to ask you, this assistant manager, describe him for us. Because is this a big man or is this just so he used great form on the this, tackle? Or this what man never skips leg day. <laughs> this man oh, okay. <laughs> He's oh, like 6'3", just jacked. <laughs> Oh yeah, he he was he was working his entire career for this. He was moment. waiting for this moment. <laughs> he was living it. That's amazing. Good for him, dude. I bet he still just relives that feeling of uh, of just just teeing off on the guy. You know, <laughs> that's killer. That's nice. Um, I always uh, I always find it um, amazing when streakers uh, do it at stadiums. They never seem to get. The real brunt of it, you know, it's it, usually seven, eight cops pin him down, and like, there's not, there's not like the big hit, you know, like the jacked up hits. So that's, you got to be proud of that. That's one <laughs> of those that goes down as one of your legends of your bartending career. You know, <laughs> I've always wished I could have my highlights on tape, all the crazy things <laughs> that I pull off behind a bar. I wish we could have them on tape into like a montage video I could play of my bar highlights, but <laughs> alas. Yeah, well, you never tackled a naked man running down the street. So I never tackled a naked man, but I did clothesline a guy once who had stolen a tip jar. That was oh, a pretty good one. In co- nice. A kid in college had ripped a tip jar off a bar, and he was running, and he was doing the classic run where he's looking behind him. Yes. And there I go, whoo, like this, and he just just <laughs> smacked, hit the ground. It was killer. I mean, that was that. that's one that I'll always remember. Not much of a story. I was actually taking a shit. I walked out of the bathroom, which was by the front door, and I just happened to be there at that moment. You know, and I see the, the jar in his arm. But anyway, um, I'm losing track here. Do we have more Florida man stories? I can tell more stories. You want more? All right. <laughs> I'll give you another one. another one. Give fights, another arrests, one. I love fires. fights, arrests, and fires, man. So I'm a uh, – this one's actually an arrest. This one's good. So, uh, I'm bartending, there's an empty well, like, off to my right, where I'm making drinks, but it still has, like, bottles in it. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy, like, reach over the bar, trying to grab a bottle from the well and steal it. You know, and I yell, like, hey, what are you doing? And he freaks out, yanks the bottle, and the security guards hear what's going on, and they tackle this kid, and he was, like, fully peed his pants everywhere, because he's so terrified. What he stole was a nearly empty bottle of triple sec with like two ounces in it. 
Oh, <laughs> poor kid. Oh, oh. I, I almost feel bad for the guy. He what? peed himself. It was real bad. I felt so bad for that kid. <laughs> Stealing triple sec. That's like uh, that's like when you break into your parents' liquor cabinet and you drink all the daiquiri mix. <laughs> oh, we're so wasted. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, still the bottle of vermouth that hasn't been refrigerated for ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's gross. Oh my god. All right. Um, I feel like we could go all day. I love hearing an arrest on the show. We don't get a lot of those, so I think that's a good cap on category number seven. Let's move on to number eight. Uh, these are sex stories. We are obviously all know the bar business creates a lot of friction. Obviously, you met your. Uh, wonderful wife there who is apparently uh, like an action movie star level John Wick (laughs) badass with a bar mat. Um, So tell us about some of the sex stories, Mike, as we affectionately call this category. The sexy Lexi. That's right. It's all all hot and sticky down in Florida, so. (laughs) No doubt. Shockingly enough, that doesn't bring people together. It keeps them apart (laughs) down in Florida. (laughs) Um, No, so I was working... Uh, whiskey house at the time that first like cocktail bar that I worked at in downtown Gainesville and it's like 2 two thirty. we don't open till 4 I'm doing inventory it's like just me and the the manager in the bar and all of a sudden you hear this knocking on the door right just pounding at the door and you look over and like I'm like okay cool it's, it's Florida someone some boomers just got his face trying to like get in right it's like now nah, you do the universal like sign like we're closed can't come in man like we're not mm-hmm. open keeps banging on the door so i'm like all right cool i gotta go acknowledge this guy so i walk over to the door this guy's got to be like 83 years old he's dressed in all leather like leather vest like no shirt underneath he's got like leather yes. pants <laughs> like amazing and i'm like all right well i gotta know what's going on I, I gotta, yeah, does, I gotta... just really does he look like a biker or like an ex- escaped bdsm like gift? uh have you ever watched dodgeball Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> you have an image of the of that oh team. I know exactly God, yes. what you're talking about. I can't about. remember what that team was called, but it's the <laughs> PDSM team. It's like an all leather. Right? That's great. And they're all old too. Right? They're all yeah. old. So he's yeah. at the door, and I'm like, all right, well, I gotta go. I gotta see what's going on. I gotta talk to this guy. Um, I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? He's like, hey, I'm here for the the three o'clock dom meeting. And I'm like, the meeting, the dom meeting. And he's like, yeah, I'm here for the three o'clock meeting. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I was like, hey, James, like the manager, I was like, do you know anything about a meeting that's taking place before we open the day? And my manager at the time just clocks immediately what's happening. He just knew exactly what was going on in this moment. And he's like, absolutely bring this guy inside. <laughs> so the guy comes in. He's like, yeah, I'm here for the, the dom meeting. Is no one else here yet? Well, very clearly, this is a dominatrix meeting. <laughs> and he's here to hang out with somebody, right? Uh comes in and my manager's like no that's not happening but i see you have a suitcase what do you what do you have do you have anything in there so this three-year-old just flops his suitcase on the bar opens it up i have never seen a larger collection of dildos in my life oh my god how many are we talking we're talking like 25 30 all different sizes (laughs) shapes colors there's chains in there it is everything you need for that kind of meeting the last time okay. I saw that many dildos, I was getting beaten in the face with them in a in a roadside uh, strip club in the okay. uh, on the side of a highway. I was wondering in where that was going. Mike I was, pay, Mike I was paid concerned. for it. 
Yeah, that actually did happen. We he, we took him out to a strip club out here, and and they bring you up on the stage. Don't they... don't don't give all the details, okay? So okay, little, I I have a, a question. I have a question. I have a question about this. So is this guy the dom or is he the sub? Honestly, I didn't ask enough questions, and now looking back on it, I wish I had. Because like, did he bring that box of dildos to use on somebody else, or were those going in him? I think you just got to use your imagination. I'm going to take a guess here. I'm going to take a wild guess because, I, I, Mike, I love where your head's at, right? Do you carry those around because you're very, very passionate about being the sub and you don't want your dom to be dildoless, so you make sure that he has ample material? Or are you a dom in a situation where you're like, I don't ever leave the house without my tools? And I think it's, <laughs> I think it's the second one. But do you need that many of them? That's the question. Right, but I hear, here's my thing. If you're the sub in this, in this scenario, I don't know if you take the great care to have the suitcase. At that point, hey, I just need there to be dildos that can go into me. I'll put them in a duffel yeah, bag. But maybe right? that's you know, part. Who cares? Maybe that's part of the experience. The Dom's like, you better bring all those fucking dildos with you. They better be clean and washed. Well, yeah, but that, that could be part of the experience. You, you can't transport that in a, a, a you know cleanly and 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 ready to go in a duffel bag. I think the presentation you, of having it in you the can. He was you a professional. You're telling that sub. That's your Who carries job. a suitcase every day? Who gets up and works a nine to five and carries a suitcase? A businessman, someone who's in charge, <laughs> a dom. That's what I'm saying, man. I think that there's some. I think that there's like, you know, he he gets his suitcase full of his tools and then he's going to work. It's working time <laughs> at that point. Yeah, it's like I but, bring my know, kid a bartending tools to work every day, right? <laughs> as I'm saying this, as I'm okay. saying this, you did say that he said I'm here for the dom meeting. Now, if meeting. he was the dom, wouldn't he call it the sub meeting? And then the second thing is, does any dom not know when his dom meeting is? That doesn't sound right. Doms doms clearly have that that one scheduled. That one's marked. They show up 10 minutes early. There's no issues there. And that's what I'm... Okay, so then I have two more questions. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the other person that's supposed to show up to this? Yeah, so he was, show up. it was actually supposed to be for multiple people because he was asking where everyone else was. So that's plural. All right, so okay. at one of the bars I work at, one of the bars I work at, we have a standing group of swingers um, from the, this local chapter of swingers that come basically at this point like once a month, and they have like a big party for new members current members and again it doesn't get sexual at the venue but it is like you know it's a way to like meet people and introduce them into this big group of swingers this is big there community, is right? there does their club have a name no no i mean it's like a legit thing it's like the mid-atlantic swingers of the united states it's a whole like it's a legit form chapter and they have like a chapter president and they have like a local like it's like, like the northern local, version like, of the villages area. in florida yeah, 100%. It, just, yeah, it seems like that's too much bureaucracy for I'm getting just laid. You, listen, they have name tags. They have like a different color coordinating right, system depending enough. on how you're going into the event. Anyway, they do this as a private event at our, at, at, at our space, usually about once a month. And I can tell you that when like the first time they came and the chapter president showed up, I was like, this is about to be really sad if it's just this guy and <laughs> – all of the name tags that he has out. <laughs> and then like two, then like a couple hundred people showed up. All right. Wow. And it was, you know, and they, you know, it's listen, different strokes for different folks, more power to them. Happy. They're wonderful people. And they're great bar guests. I will give them, I will give them that. And you know what? If ever, if it's all consensual and they're all having fun, more power to you. All right. But I, I, I tend, 
I, I'm so curious about the situation now. Where was everybody else? Did do you think that they gave him the wrong address? <laughs> yeah, like he's didn't? the he's the one old creepy guy with the bag of dildos. They're like, yeah, just tell him it's over at this fucking bar and we'll yeah. go meet somewhere else. Tell him it's at the whiskey place. <laughs> this is back when you had to print out driving directions for where you're going. Oh, oh wow. Okay. So he did have a folded piece of paper for directions. And it was taking place at, like, an actual house, like, down the street. Oh, okay. so he just so, came to the wrong place. So we gave him the right directions and sent him on his way. But, Thank but God. You, said, you, said that you said that your manager knew exactly what was happening, though. But so, that was a lie. James is a very intuitive man. And he knew okay. by the way this man was like, dressed. Oh, this guy's on his way to the dog party. <laughs> yeah. He just got but, lost. No, his manager, Mike, his manager knew that he could not pass up the opportunity to invite this man in and look upon his treasures. Like, what are you talking about? I got a bag, old man. I'm the same age now that my manager was, and that's like a difference of like nine years. So like now I know to engage in these conversations. You have to. You have to. There are things, listen, there are things that when we, when we hang it up and we write our stories and we take our final breaths, We'll look back and we'll say, thank God. Thank God I invited that man into the bar that day and didn't give him another one of the cut signs because that is a story worth telling right there at a cocktail party. That is some good material, if nothing else. That is incredible. (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, Last question, and then I swear I'm done, okay? Um, Was the only thing in the suitcase dildos? No, he had, like, some handcuffs and, like, a couple other things I just – couldn't catch a anything full, else. A full accoutrement of sexual devices and toys. I was 22 at the time. Never seen that many things. I was very distracted <laughs> by the sheer amount of dildos in the suitcase. <laughs> wow. So, if you, all right, let's do a little prices right game. Give me an over <laughs> under dollar figure on what God. on what you think everything in, not the suitcase. Because they are expensive. Everything yeah. in the suitcase, what do you think all of it, all of it to, in totality cost? Oh, man. I don't know. What's the average price? What does a dildo fetch on the market these days? What do you, what you got for I, it? You know what? Uh, let's call it. Let, let's call it forty bucks. I don't know. Forty bucks. You're probably looking at like a seven hundred, eight hundred dollars suitcase. That's a lot. <laughs> that's that's a large number. Um, okay. All right. I think you have put a, a real solid button on that one. No, I, um, I love moving... this story too because this has given me some real inspiration for the character that I want to play in your campaign when we cameo. I don't know if I should be scared or. <laughs> oh my god all right number nine bar hazing pranks and games this is how you kill time when you don't have an 80 year old gimp at your front door um what are some of the things that you've done you and your staff over the years to pass the time um so we talk about pranks and i think my favorite prank i ever played uh was on a new barback sadly barbacks are people too we say that on our podcast because <laughs> 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 they are um, there was this new kid. He knew nothing, like nothing about what was going on. And I told him that every single night you have to empty all of our large ice cubes because they're crystal clear, right? Out of the freezer, get a giant trash bag and scoop out all of the stale air. So that way the oh, ice cubes, come on. <laughs> so the ice cubes stay crystal clear every day for us. Went on for like three weeks. <laughs> so he's, he's, you did you, no wait, did you say he had to scoop the stale air into a trash bag? <laughs> So you like can't even just scoop it out. Scoop it out. <laughs> oh, with the trash, with the trash bag. <laughs> you had to capture the stale <laughs> air. 
Like he's trying to catch a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> So good. I had to that leave the room. Like it was so great. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, my first ever restaurant job. They, um, we were in a shopping mall, and you know, like the sh- uh, like the shopping centers have, like a strip mall, have like, you know, foliage and flower beds and stuff, just to make it beautify it a little bit. And the shopping center are the ones that take care of that. It has nothing to do with the businesses, right? But. Um, their favorite prank at the time was to have people scrub the rocks. There was like these big, like kind of, uh, you know, uh, decorative boulders right out front of our front door. And so what they would do it, when a new person would work and they would be like, that person would be getting their shirt and getting ready in the back. Inevitably, an employee would go out with a ketchup bottle and a, and a mustard bottle and spray them all over the rocks. Oh, come on. That's right? fucked up, dude. And then they would say, okay, man, hey, it's your first day. I know it's shitty, but you got to scrub the rocks. And they would, they were like, all right, first thing we got to do is make up the rock scrubbing solution, all right? So it's going to be two cups of sea salt. You're going to want to make sure you use the hot water, a little bit of this soap, a little bit of that. So they would take them through the whole thing, make it seem real. And then they got them a toilet bowl scrub. <laughs> and the whole argument there was, hey, listen, you know, the steel wool, it's going to mess up your hands and the rocks. And we, trust me, use the toilet bowl scrubber. So the guy's out there, you know, with the salt water, scrubbing the, scrubbing the rocks. I'm not kidding. There was one kid that got uh, to do it so often that one time it was actually raining. And he came, it started raining. He came back and he's like, I don't need to scrub the rocks anymore, right? It's raining. They were like, no, no, no. No, you know, see that ketchup really sticks on there. The rain's not going to wash it Did off. Did he not ask why there's always ketchup on the fucking rocks? <laughs> like, who's spraying ketchup on the fucking rocks? It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, no, and, and uh, I, that's what I wanted to ask you, John. So... After the three weeks, like when he, how did he finally figure it out, and what was he, his reaction to that? Uh, the owner, I'm gonna say we've heard in. a lot of these. <laughs> Sorry, go on. You know, the owner came in. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> he's like, oh, "I'm scooping out the stale air." <laughs> the owner's like, "No, just go home. <laughs> just go home." <laughs> did you guys ever get anybody else with the same prank? Because that's the test of a good prank. Is if that guy that got hit. Can then get somebody else with it. That's so, when it really becomes. We never, morality. we never got anybody else, but it was mostly because that kid couldn't do it with a straight face. He just kept laughing while he was yeah. explaining it. Because yeah. that's the secret <laughs> to a good prank, right? You yes. have to be able to deliver very seriously and very stoic. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. It also has to be just crazy enough to be real. Colonels like, of truth. I, Mike, who was the one that told us about that? Was it? Um, I think it was Sid who told us about the Jameson key. No, no, or, the Guinness uh, key. The, the Guinness, Guinness key, where they'd send them around oh, to all the bars. bars. Yeah, it's got is a different key. Yes. You, gotta, you gotta go find a key. Yeah, that's because that that one is, if you didn't know any better, and especially if you have multiple bars telling you that, Yeah. why wouldn't you believe that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like you're finding so a left-handed good. spatula. You gotta go get it. You have the yeah. left-handed spatula, yep. Now, I got to say, the scoop in the, the air, that's one of my favorites so far. <laughs> just really I just am seeing somebody with, the like you said, Steve, trying to catch a ghost. <laughs> that's oh, it's the it's trying to get all the air out. It's like, oh, you, you missed some. You missed some right in the corner there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also reminding me of those new uh, festival couches. 
You know, that's like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't and see the yeah. hair in it, and then you roll it up real quick, and it becomes like a little bed you can lay on. So <laughs> that's, that's killer. That's good. That is so funny. Oh, my God. All right. Number 10, you have made it to the final question of the gauntlet, John. Bravo, my friend. You have been absolutely crushing this. Uh, Mike, would you like to team up for the final question? Yeah. Number, question number 10, the end of the gauntlet here. Firing and quitting stories, or what Steve and I so affectionately referred to as... Getting 86 That's right. Uh, so this one is a voluntary 86, right? It's a quitting story. So it's a game day weekend. I can't remember who we were playing, but it, it's pretty big. Like You need the full staff there to take care of the entire building. Uh, one of these uh, other bartenders had just clearly had enough, right? Between working like 18-hour days, you know, getting your butt kicked, not getting a lot of breaks, like it's tough, right? So she doesn't show up for her shift. And the manager texts her, hey, are you coming in today? And she just responds with, nah, I quit, and sends the confetti with the, uh, the text. <laughs> All right, that's, that's cold. That's cold right there. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Does she, uh, do you ever get any more of the story? Like, why was she so thrilled to quit? She was just done with yeah. it. Like, truly, like, yeah. I'm not going to get into bar politics, but she was done. You know? Like, Fair enough. Fair she was enough. done. She had had her time. But that's probably my favorite. I will say, though, I've always <laughs> wanted to, if I've ever quit, get one of those My Condolences cards and just pass it over and, like, autograph it. <laughs> my condolences on or your headshot. Lost, you lost a good one. You yeah, lost a I'm good out. one today. See Dude, a, a framed headshot. Eat, <laughs> like, eat it. Eat at this bar. Signed, your former bartender, John. <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be pretty good, too. I, I, have, to, I have to tell you, I'm... Uh, Maybe I shouldn't say this, but screw it. I really need to fire somebody right now. Like, I've known it since the day I walked in the building. I, like, have to fire this guy. I have to do it. And can can I, you tell us what uh, position it is? What he has? I can't do that. No. Okay, but, um, fair enough. Uh, I only have, like, three employees. So, um, <laughs> it, <laughs> no, I hope they don't listen to the show. Work. They're going to be panicking. <laughs> nobody wants to work. <laughs> nobody wants to work. Um, no, but I have to fire this guy. And, uh,. <laughs> Yeah, and trust me, I know he's not listening to this shit. I promise you that. Um, and that might be how I do it. I might just send him, you're fired. Confetti. Confetti. Well, and now, <laughs> see, now we got all the great gifts and everything, too. So you could probably find something really good to go in with that. Did you say the great gimps or the great gifts? Oh, Gif. I'm sorry. Just want to, sorry, there's a little tickle in my headphone there. I just want to make sure I heard that right. All right. <laughs> On that note. I'm sure you could find some gimp gifts if you look hard enough. Uh, <laughs> I might have to take a look. Um, All right. Outstanding work, John. That was very, very, very well done by you. One of my – some some really outstanding stories there. I have to tell you this. I didn't think the serial shitters were going to come back, but that was (laughs) fucking incredible. So, bravo. Well done. Um, Now let's do our little cleanup. We call it How's Our Driving. This is the part of the show where uh, we want you to give us any recommendations you have. Food, drink, restaurants. Um, Tell us more about – you know, your show, uh, anything that you want to share with the people. Heck yeah. Um, I'm going to do shameless plugs first, and then we can do some other stuff if you want. Uh, shameless plugs, uh, you can find me on all of my social media at Vodka Pays My Bills. All across the board, find me there. Uh, you can, <laughs> uh, shockingly enough, it does. Um, also, you can check out our podcast, Bartenders. You know, we've talked about it a little bit. It's a D&D podcast where a bunch of bartenders play as bartenders. 
in a D&D world. So super cool little niche, you know, market there. It's, it's a lot of fun. You can check us out on at Bartenders on all social media. You can check out our website at www.bardtender.com. B-A-R-D-T-E-N-D-E-R. We put the D in bartender. <laughs> Wonderful. I thought you guys would like that. <laughs> please, please spell that for the uh, alphabetically challenged bartenders that can never figure out where in the rack to put the credit card. Oh I don't understand God. it. It's crazy. I don't understand it. Do I do it by first name or last name? <laughs> We've been doing last name since day one. Does it go Always in front last of the name. letter or does it go behind the letter? It goes behind the letter. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Was that one of your pet peeves? Was that was that question number one for you? <laughs> I got a pet peeve for some of my fellow bartenders that come in on the next show. I'm gonna save it for but. But it's, yeah, I don't, it's I don't know. If, I don't know if you've listened to any of the show, but the whole premise is just a ruse to give Steve a microphone to talk into. That's all this is. <laughs> I think I've listened to like don't eight, nine them. episodes now. So <laughs> awesome. I, I get it. <laughs> Listen to or suffered through. Those are two very different distinctions. Um, well, that's that's great. I appreciate you plugging all that because you guys do have an awesome show, and it's been a ton of fun for us to kind of work with you guys. And I'm so happy we've built this relationship. Again, shout out to Chandler. She has been, uh, you know. This this weird little like mastermind behind the scenes where she's she just comes out of nowhere on our industry night and she goes hey here's a really cool card game hey here's this other really cool podcast and all these other uh, great personalities for you guys to to interview so we can't tell you how how much we appreciate her and yep. you guys joining and another us. another little plug there too so you guys did a uh, expansion pack with herd card game right yeah we did uh, very cool it's what is it twenty five cards plus five of like the question cards prompt right? cards yeah yep. so 30 30 card expansion pack that we did with them have some really cool I, stuff I, I ordered mine today so it's good that's really cool i can't wait to see yours because yeah. i know like we as a crew we had a lot of time we all actually showed up and hung out and played with our own expansion yeah. so all the other crew from the bartenders brought cards to play with added them oh, into a stack awesome. and we just had a good time so I, yeah I no that's awesome yeah and I'm, I'm dead serious. I think we may have added another card or two from this episode tonight. So <laughs> until we, until we get that expansion pack submitted, everything's fair game. So, uh, yeah. um, so I got to ask you, one of our favorite questions that we've kind of added to this little uh, recommendation corner uh, is what song you like to close down a bar with or a song that you prefer or something that you've used in the past. Uh, so I'm one of those weirdos that after an entire night of socializing with guests, silence. I just mm-hmm. need my moment of quiet in the Cut zone. It off. Just clean my bar, go home. <laughs> like I know it's crazy, but after being overstimulated for 10, no, 12 hours, sense. I got to shut off. So yeah, I, that I, makes I think, complete sense. I think we're less talking about like post file out when you're when you're cleaning and more so like what song do you use to indicate get the fuck out <laughs> oh, uh uh it is richard cheese get the fuck out oh yes <laughs> or no red peter get the fuck red, out red peter yeah <laughs> finish up the beer make like a drum and beat it make like a tree and leave <laughs> get the fuck out yeah love that, that song classic that's uh, a well, classic and another one of our uh, another one of our fi- final wrap up questions too is uh, I know this is a little weird because obviously your friends from you know the, the podcast are going to come on but is there another bartender that you would recommend for the show somebody else that stands out that you think would be good uh, good on here 
So I actually thought about this today. And one of the cool things about bard tenders is that we are actually for free, like advertising other people connected to this industry that have side hustles, right? Whether it's Chandler making the hurt card game, other bartenders that, you know, have music and record labels are doing their thing. They have like those mm-hmm. online boutique clothing shops. We have, I think we're at 10 as of today, bartenders. I'm going to volunteer all of them for you guys. Cause I would love nice. for you guys to jump on. Uh, I'm going to, with their permission, send over some contact information for you guys. But awesome. I think that that's just a great little network that we're trying to build, you know, with bartenders. Sure. Now, these are all people that have come and played in your campaign? Not yet. We are working on okay. it. Okay. I, I got you. But still, all got a collaboration all in the works. Very cool. Are yeah, we all, would love, we'd love to have them on. That would be awesome. Are they all local to the Florida area? Or are they spread out? or how, how you know? All over the country. There are people that that's I've killing. met at places like Camp Runamuck. There are people that I've bartended with back in Pennsylvania, out in Denver, mm-hmm. here in Florida, that Brandon has you know bartended with, that Scott have hung out with before. So it's really just as encompassing as possible and literally anything. If anyone has a side hustle, we want to be able to help you, you know, learn, grow and establish whatever else you're doing. That's killer. So I will volunteer them. They're pretty good people. Cool. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome, my man. Well, I can't tell you how much uh, we appreciate you coming to the show. It's been a ton of fun. The Business Casual. What a great, uh, great mocktail and very appropriate for the time as we all mm-hmm. take a little bit of a break, but still want something delicious to drink. So thank you for sharing that with us. Obviously, uh, if you're listening along and you're drinking along, you can get the recipe for that if you want to keep making that on the show notes. Uh, we do uh, kind of have one final question for you. It's a little bit couple, of a joke. A couple final questions here. Yeah, it's a little bit of a joke, but uh, we we always like to ask uh, our, our career bartenders, why do you still do this? A.K.A. Why do you hate yourself? And we say it in jest. Um, but we'd love to, to, to understand really the motivation, the core of why you love doing this. I don't think that there is any other job on the planet that every single day is different. It doesn't matter who sits at the bar. It doesn't matter who walks in the door. It doesn't matter what's going on. Every day is different. It's exciting. It allows you to be creative and have this outlet that you never have seen in anywhere. And I think that it's just a, such an amazing career that you know a lot of us have chosen. Cool. There's certainly nothing, nothing that can replicate it. <laughs> you won't get this sitting in a bank. Like, you really won't. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, hopefully stands. nobody shits on the floor there. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. But. I think it's it a stands alone. Yeah, they're not walking out on checks, though. They're robbing the uh, the safe, and then they're shitting on the security guard shoes. But, you know. I think I saw that. Yeah, neither, neither here nor there. Um, Mike, why don't you give him the last one? We'll get him out of here, and we will all say goodbye for now, but uh, hello to a beautiful friendship we are starting. Yeah, so the final question here is, if you owned a bar, if you opened a bar, what would it, what would you call it, or what would the theme of your bar be? Honestly, let's open the tale and telling from the bartender yes. podcast. That's what we yes. want. Uh, it's, I'm down. it's kind of been an idea that Brandon and I have thrown around for a long time, right? Dual-level bar, you have what you call the tale and the telling, right? So you have one bar that's more like high volume focus, take care of guests, cranking out drinks, more like bar sample food. And then another half of the bar that's more like a cocktail bar that's only open like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And you're doing the cool creative cool. stuff. And you do that split level concept. Nice. Cool. Would you limit some of the foot traffic in the cocktail bar just to get, just just uh, to try to con- maintain the atmosphere? It's like a bar within a bar, right? So you'd have like a checkpoint towards like the back or upstairs or Got downstairs, it. whoever the layout of the building is. Because you know how that is with building out restaurants. 
you don't know yeah, what you can do sure. until you have a building. So <laughs> it'd be That's a perfect cool. place to host the dom parties too in the, in the telling part. Yeah, sure. Next yes. time you come to Florida, let's... <laughs> <laughs> I know oh, a guy. Man. John, this That's was great. a ton of fun, man. It was great yeah. meeting you. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. This is great. Yeah, yeah, thanks. This has been a great collaboration so far, and just, just you guys have all been awesome to work with. So I really appreciate that. It's, I know schedules are crazy right now, and and listeners, again, thank you all for following along and listening. We, Steve and I love doing this. If you listen to any of bartenders, you can tell that they love what they're doing. And uh, honestly, just uh, having the collaboration is is great. And then having all of you listeners that are you know supporting us and getting involved really makes it worthwhile it really gives us the encouragement to keep doing this because it is hard and we're all busy and um i'm really glad that uh we got hooked up and yeah man thank you so much and honestly i can't wait to come and play in your campaign i'm so excited for that oh we're so excited too i can't wait me either i've been i've been working i've been in the gym working on my pot stern arm you know so i'm really i'm really (laughs) ready to get in there and mix it up um (laughs) thank you again guys check out the bartender show um Go enjoy a drink at the tail in the telling. It is quite the time. Um, and as always, even though we love you, fuck off. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening along, and thanks for drinking along. We really hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, we release new episodes whenever we can. Uh, big shout-out, as always, to our friends over at Trauma Parlor, whose song Fast One you heard throughout the show. Please go check them out. They're on Facebook, they're on Spotify, and show them some love. Yeah, Mike didn't sound like a robot there at all. If you, you want to be one of our regulars, <laughs> follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at BRP Drink Along. You can listen along on Google Pod, Apple Pod, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. And also, check out all of our BRP playlists on our Spotify profile. Mike has been working really hard on those. Um, we've got a lot of great updates from our guests that we've already had of their songs that we're going to be adding to our Industry Night podcast. We really have some cool music on there, so please subscribe, rate, and review to all of our content. It is the best way to help us grow the show, reach new listeners. Um, and as always, guys, you know, the more ratings and reviews, the faster we climb up the charts. And, you know, honest to God, it really helps our, our self-esteem. It's not, not really at a high point right now. This is just for the personal validation, that's all. God damn it. Someone, lo- someone love us, please. I'm hanging on by a thread, friend. <laughs> um, do, <laughs> do you want to kick some ass? Or oh, uh, Can I not read? Did I just have a brain aneurysm? Do you want some kick-ass show merch? Of course you do. <laughs> do you want to kick awesome. some ass and show some merch? <laughs> do you want to kick some ass and show some merch? Well, check out all of our amazing swag, courtesy of Campo Design Co. at Prodigy dtg.com backslash bartender rant you tell him brother yeah thank you um (laughs) 28 inch pythons um (laughs) if you you just want to hang out join us uh the first monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour we're gonna have some drinks we're gonna meet some fellow bar flies you can listen to the guest bartender playlist and you can tell mike and I, how much we suck at podcasting and posting on social media. Uh, but please make sure to follow us on social media for all the links if you do want to join the industry night. Yeah, and if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant podca- Podcast on Patreon. VIPs will always have a seat at the bar. You're going to get access to our bonus content like the Boilermaker tapes, Ranch vs. Blue Cheese crank calls, special releases, and so much more. Yeah, and if you want to be a big tipper. A.K.A. one of our Bozells. 
feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we will list you as one of our producers and shout you uh, shout out your drink of choice. Yeah, which we, we would t- typically do now. Like, yeah. You know, we would uh, do that now if Rachel, we had any. Rachel and, and the, the <laughs> banana daiquiri, thank you so much for supporting us and helping us grow the show. We love you so, so much. So, so instead, what we're going to do is shout out some of the wonderful supporters we have. I think this episode and this moment needs to go to Chandler. She has mm-hmm. been out fucking standing uh, just to come out of the woodwork. Join us on the Industry Night podcast. Take over the industry say, night happy hour. Quit saying that. It is driving me nuts. It's it's a terrible tick I have. Um, <laughs> no, but Chandler was uh, assertive to say, look, you have to get a hold of these guys. I, I see something special here. And she was absolutely right. So thank you, Chandler. You have been more than we're going to call you an executive producer this week because yep. uh, we, we would not be here without you. Yeah, uh, Mike and and I stay d- tuned. Stay tuned because we are going to be working on, we are working on right now an expansion pack for the Herd Card Game so you can get the Bartender Rant sure. Podcast expansion pack. So we're really we're gonna, excited for that. We're going to tag them a few more times this week. Please support and, the Herd Pod Game. It is a ton of fun. And if you follow us on social media, you might have a chance to get a card picked. So mm-hmm. keep keep mm-hmm. alive. We might be doing some giveaways or something like that. So Absolutely. Look, Mike and I do this because we love the service industry and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help and support, we can keep bringing you stories, um, interviewing local bartenders from coast to coast, and having a ton of fun. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink along! If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, Please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode. My so. favorite part of that whole episode was when Steve was like, it's a Dungeons and, and what is it? It's Dungeons I, I and what's the name? I had no idea Are it was Dungeons and Dragons me? because in, in Family Guy, they call it Dungeons and Dice Monsters. Don't give a shit. It's right. Family Guy. You know, and y'all don't let me play. So, you know, because you're worried like, what's about what's it called? How, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's ankle ball, right? So toe ball? <laughs> is that, is that what it is? You know, but here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't have ridiculed you for that. I would have said, Michael, this is a learning experience. Glad Holy we're shit. It. Glad Holy we're shit. It. Let's talk about it right now. Well, if you I know? forgot the name for football, you would absolutely ridicule me.
You know, really, when you say sports ball, it frustrates me because there are many sports that don't even involve a ball, like hockey, for example. There's a that's puck, sports puck. You know? or, or I like I like or hockey where they're using stones. You know, I like hockey because they can fight each other. I think that's pretty cool. I think they should allow that in every sport. Yeah, like curling. You should definitely fight during curling. That's <laughs> really. <Yeah>. I, agree. <laughs> I agree. That would be killing. Um, maybe, maybe Michael, I can whole hung the halfling can be like a uh, an expert curler. Who who has been thrown out of the professional curling circuit because he's killed three men on the ice? Yeah, what did you say? <laughs> Repel from the building with your dick? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm man. not. Of I'm course. not. I'm not. So many options. The, the giant member that can do. Anyway, <laughs> I actually do. I I I roll the stone on the ice with my with my cock.